Welcome to the Just Go Podcast. I am your host, Nick Glassett. Uh, hopefully soon I'll have some cool little music and like a little intro thing. But as of right now, you just get my voice. So on today's episode, we go in depth. I empty out the tank, everything that's in my brain on how to do great job interviews so you can hire better teams or build your first ever team. The uh, bounce house business is a strange animal in that you have to hire people that can move heavy items, but they also have to be smart because there's a lot of weird problem solving that goes on. So in my opinion, the interview process is the absolute utmost key to get the best hires. So tonight's show or today, where depending on where you're at, is brought to you by Jumpstart Program by Event Hawk and hosted by me and Tariq and Jana. It's amazing. It'll take your business from $0 all the way up to $100,000 in revenue. And in my opinion, far beyond that, it is packed with content that you need to put into action in your business. It's incredible. And it's still introductory price, only $19 freaking dollars a month. So in the description, there is a link. Go click it and check out Jumpstart. And uh, if you join it, you get to hang out with me every Wednesday from 6.30 to 7 because I do a jumpstart only little live and it's a lot of fun. But anyways, let's get into the interview episode here. I had a lot of fun with this one. So I hope you guys are ready for a truckload of information. Here we go. How to do great interviews in your bounce house business. Let's do it. Tonight, I'm going to teach you how to do great job interviews for your bounce house business. I think you guys will agree with me when I say that building a strong team is a very tough task. And by you, quote unquote, just giving them a shot, it's not a very effective way to figure out who's going to be a great worker and who's going to be <clears throat> kind of a loser. So you, my friend, need to learn to do some job interviews. So tonight I'm going to teach you just that, okay? All of my job interview knowledge, tips, tricks, techniques, all that good stuff so you can hire people to help scale your business faster. What's up, everybody? My name is Nick Glassett. Welcome to the greatest business show on the internet. It is booze and biz. Cheers. So I want to, I want to know what you guys are drinking this evening. So this is booze and biz. Of course, I'm going to uh, peer pressure you a little bit to have some beer, some wine, some tequila, but uh, Diet Pepsi is cool too. But let me know in the comments. I want to know two things tonight. I want to know two different things tonight. Number one, where are you guys watching from? So let me see some city pride. Let me, let me see where you guys are from. And then I also want to know what you are drinking tonight. I'm sticking with the tequila. It's been treating me good. So I'm going tequila tonight. Last week, I had one too many tequilas. I had one too many. I know this for a fact. Uh, all right. For those of you watching on YouTube and those of you listening on the podcast, please do me a favor. Hit the hell out of that subscribe button. And let's get rolling so we can teach you guys how to do some great job interviews. So to kick it off here, I'm going to kind of do like a little bit of a, a foreshadowing. I'm going to tell you that I was obsessed with doing job interviews for, I calculated today, roughly seven years of my old corporate job, seven entire years, utterly obsessed with doing job interviews. And here is why. The better I got at doing job interviews, the more amazing my workers became. So naturally, I could not stop chasing doing better interviews. I have personally done, I wish I knew the real number, over a thousand job interviews in my life, easy. And in every single one of those interviews, I was either making a hiring decision to bring somebody onto my team directly 
or to bring them onto a team of somebody who I was mentoring. So I had skin in the game on every interview I've ever done ever. Okay. I'm also deeply passionate about the importance of interviewing when it comes to creating a strong team, team building, the crux of team building, in my opinion, is good interviews. Okay. It's my also opinion that you need to attack this activity with passion if you want good workers, period, end of story. All right. So let's jump into some of the tactics. So doing a great interview, it actually starts way before the applicant even meets you. Okay. So to do a great interview, you have to, number one, know who you're looking for. Okay. This tip is more about you than it is about the applicant. You've got to have your company's core values outlined in as much detail as possible. That way you can gauge where the applicant lands on those three to five core things that matter the most to you as the owner. Okay. If you do not have a set of written down core values, that's totally fine. You probably didn't know you needed them. However, you do now. So tomorrow, you know what the first thing you should do is, right? Get your core values written down somewhere. I have them in two places in my cell phone. And then I have one little sloppy sheet where I wrote them down for the first time ever. It's ripped off of a notebook paper and it's taped to my monitor at my office, right? Some examples of core values can be, this is one of mine. Don't debate, create, just go, okay? Another one I heard recently, conduct business with the highest integrity possible. Another one I heard today in a book I'm reading, be confident yet humble. You can have invest in those around you, finish hard to the end. There's practice, practically endless list of things that you can have that are core value. Okay. But these are the things that for you as the owner are so important that you only hire other human beings that also have them ingrained in their DNA naturally. Okay. My companies all have five core values. I wish they had three, but I'm not that brevity is not my strong suit. Right. So I have five. Okay but I'm constantly measuring my employees against all five of them and then reacting appropriately, all right? I'm gonna be covering core values a whole ass episode in its own episode in the coming weeks because I'm gonna do this team building topic as a four part series. So tonight we're gonna to do interviewing. I'm also gonna do recruiting, core values and training, okay? We're gonna all do those in a row. So over the next month, we're gonna have team building all knocked out, right? But Get your core values nailed down now so you can maybe then uh, get them a little bit more refined when I go over it, uh, hopefully next week. All right. All right. On to tip number two. Tip number two is know that being your actual self in the interview is crucial. Okay. So I have personally sat in on so many interviews uh, where the, where I'm grading the interviewer, not the applicant. And the amount of times the interviewer changes their personality completely and is like this robotic, like reading questions off the paper awkwardness would shock you, okay? Yes, I was their boss and I was sitting next to them, but still like they're boring, they're stale, they had no life to them, okay? When you're interviewing, okay, this is, this is a huge part of doing a good interview. You need to be you the whole time, okay? If you are a person that is confrontational and intense in the interview, be that. If you're a person that's nice and warm and friendly in the interview, be that. Why? 
because it's important to figure out what the dynamics between you and the other applicant are going to be. Like you need to interact as your real self. So they'll interact as their real self and you'll see if there's anything happening there. All right. You also need to communicate with them like the regular you, because if you hire them, you want to make sure that you're honest so they know what they're getting themselves into. Okay. So in a job interview, me personally, I look just like this. I talk just like this. My mannerisms are just like this. It's, it's literally, I'm this exact person. Okay. I, as an interviewer versus the rest of the universe. Okay. I tend to be more fun and engaging. Okay. I definitely lean heavy on the inspirational because it's just who I am. Okay. And if I'm not paying very close attention, I will start teaching them all sorts of business shit in the interview, right? I have to be very careful. Um, but, but in the interview, I come across very open and very easy to work with, okay? But that's who I am. Like, I am my total and complete self, no matter who is sitting with me, okay? So I'm going to give you the tip of how to set this up, right? How to be your actual self in an interview so you're comfortable doing this. As the interview begins, ask them to tell you about themselves but not in a work-related thing. Like you don't want to go over resume shit. You don't want to talk about old bosses, old jobs, whatever. You want to talk about them as a person, okay? So the way I like to set that up is I literally just ask them, tell me a little about yourself, okay? If they kind of are hesitant to start talking, then I'll say before they could say anything, and I'll just tell them, look, and leave the work stuff out. We're going to get to all of that later. I want to know about Joey, dude. Tell me about Joey. Like, what? who are you? Okay. What will happen is they'll open up and, and they'll actually start to tell you some stuff. But, and at this point it's brand new. It's like the interview just started. They're super freaking nervous. This really takes the edge off when you interact with them that way. And then you give them a chance to just freaking talk about themselves and like to play soccer and they write, write call of duty, like whatever, dude. Okay. A lot of times it's kind of funny. They'll tell you their name again. Okay. They'll literally tell you their name again. And then they'll tell you their age. Like they'll tell you how old they are. They'll tell you I'm a senior in high school. I have two years left of college, right? Uh, that you'll, you'll get a lot of nuggets in there that, that you really did want to know that by law, you're not as allowed to ask how old they are, right? Okay, but this sets uh, you up to interact with them as your regulars. Like this creates the interview as a conversation, right? It also sets the rest of the interview up as a safe space where they're gonna be comfortable and open with you to tell you the truth because you're showing them that not only you care about them as a person uh or i'm sorry you care about them as a person not just an employee right you're 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 here to connect with a person so be yourself okay and be calm it's just an interview right i know they can be scary at first but be yourself be calm get them to open up okay on to tip number three know what you're going to ask them okay if you're gonna have a one-on-one say this is Fictional. If you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with B, you would not just show up to said coaching situation and just sit there awkwardly asking shit off the top of your head. Okay. You'd have notes. You would have pre-written questions. Well, guess what? The girl that you're about to interview is the person that's going to be interacting with your clients. There is nobody on the face of the planet from a business sense more important than them. I don't care. Okay. They are the most important person to you because they touch your clients. Okay. What are the questions you can ask to get answers of whether or not they align to those core values of yours? You have those core values, you need to ask questions that get to the root of those, okay? 
This also helps you be relaxed and stay on task, okay? Me personally, I've been asking a version of the same questions for a freaking decade. So when I interview, I don't have anything. All, everything's just in my head, all right? It's all conversational and I already know what I'm gonna ask, okay? You should have a set of questions on a piece of paper. I highly suggest you type these out in Microsoft Word and click print so you have them in the interview. They're just gonna sit nice in front of you so you can reference them, all right? Mm -hmm. On to tip number three, know how to shut up and listen, okay? The interview is for you because you are the business owner. You're doing an interview for your business, but you do not need to know if you align to your own core values. You need to know if they align to your core values, okay? So here we go. I'm gonna give you the, the literal four steps to doing great interviews. Super simple, it's four steps. Please write this down because this will change your whole freaking life. Four steps to doing great interviews. Step number one, ask questions. Step number two, listen. <clears throat> okay, here's where it gets good. Step number three, ask questions. Step number four, listen. That's right. That's all it is. Ask question, listen. Boom. Four steps to doing great interviews. Okay. If you talk too much in your interviews, you're only going to end up doing great interviews because you essentially did an interview with yourself and you know exactly what to say because you own the business. So shut up and let them talk. Here's a great freaking interview tip for you. Silence is your greatest weapon in your search for the truth, okay? When the interview gets awkward, remember that it's their interview, so it's their awkwardness, not yours. Just let it be awkward. They will start filling the space with all sorts of crazy things that you can't believe they're saying in an interview, okay? Tip number four, here's the actual one secret weapon. I've been using this sucker for years and it is the absolute laser pointed secret weapon. And I'm not being a smart ass on this one, okay? This actually is the true secret weapon to interview, okay? It's a tactic that I have named, tell me a story. That means you don't just ask any old question, you ask questions that have the purpose of finding if they align to their core values, right? But you don't just let them answer with any old bullshit because if you do, that's what you're going to get is bullshit. They're going to make some stuff up and they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Instead, you make them answer in the form of a story. Okay, here's how you set that up. You tell them, and I quote, I want you to do me a favor, all right? And this is kind of weird, but I want you to answer all my questions by telling me a story. Tell me stories. I want the real story of what happened and how it went down. And I want you to give me details. Okay. They will usually look at you funny. funny <laughs> okay. Okay. You need to keep talking at this point though, because they're freaked out. They're freaked out. So you go on and you, you elaborate. You say, when you tell me your story, I want to know what color the customer shirt was. I want to know everything the customer says. I want to know what time of day it was. Where were you when it happened? Was it raining outside? Just tell me the story. It's not that hard because it happened, okay? You can take a second and you can think of your story. Like, no worries, no awkwardness. I know you got to think of a story before you can answer, but then just tell me the story. Give me the details of the time it actually happened, okay? When they tell a story that makes sense, uh, um, you, can, you can figure out very easily if they're aligning to the core values or not, okay? Uh, when they break the rule, okay, this is a good little tip. So if they start to break the rule, 
you need to give them a little bit of space, right? So uh, if they break the rule, it would sound like this. It would sound like this. Say, let's say you ask about a time they had to work with a difficult customer. They'll say something like, you know how customers can be, man. Like they're upset all the time. Like it's a restaurant, right? So I'm a server. I can't do anything right. But I always just try to smile and do everything I can to like make them happy. You know what I mean? But like, it's a restaurant. What am I going to do? So at that point you say, okay, that's amazing, man. That's, that's a pretty good attitude, but I need you to tell me a time you actually had like the angry customer. Like who was it? What was wrong with their food? What did they order? Where were they sitting in the restaurant? Okay. At this point, they should be able to jog their memory and tell you a story. Okay. If they can't, that's scary. That's, that's, that's a good sign. You're doing a good interview if they can't. Okay. <clears throat> if they start another answer after that one. Okay. So let's say they then tell you the real story. If they start another answer after that one and it's all generic again, you just interrupt them and go, dude, you know, you know, I'm going to make you tell me the story. Like, you know, I want the real story, right? So you're going to want to keep them on point, all right? 65%, roughly, I made that up, of people will be able to just follow the rules and tell stories, okay? But there's going to be a, a big set of people that you really have to keep on the rails in the beginning. They're going to try and get back to their normal ways of, of answering interview questions, and you don't want them to be normal. You want stories, okay? It's okay. They've never done this, so be patient and kind of help them through it, okay? When you get one, though, that is an amazing storyteller, the interview, like, you have to experience this, okay, in order for it to make sense. But the interview, like, blossoms. Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden, like, it's this conversation back and forth, and it's incredible, okay? But... I'm going to kind of have a negative caveat there. If you have one of those interviews, please hear my voice in your head, put on your bullshit filter a couple times. Okay. Yes. I have gone through those interviews. I have been fooled and I've hired a con man. It's happened to me more than one time, right? Put your bullshit filter on. You'll be able to know your gut will know. Just don't be fooled. Okay. But tell me a story is your best freaking interview friend. I promise you, promise you, promise you. Okay. Secret weapon number two. Okay. This is tip number five. Secret weapon number two. Don't write anything down. This is a conversation, not a lecture with your teacher with a test at the end. Okay. The conversation is taking place up here. The conversation is not taking place down here with a pencil. Okay. Look up and engage with them. Listen to them intently so you can play. This is, this is key. Listen to them intently. So when they're telling a story, you're making a movie of it in your head. Okay. As they're talking, your brain is making the pictures in your head. When you get to a spot where your brain can't figure out what's happening, the, the movie stops making sense. You interrupt them and you ask for clarity. Okay. So wait, hold on, back up. Where were you when you were, this conversation was taking place? Like you guys are on the office or like you're still out like by the customers, like by the tables, okay? Or you're stocking shelves still at this point or you're back in the stock room. Like get, get that movie in your head nice and clear as they tell the story, all right? You cannot do a good job interview with your head down here writing, okay? It's a conversation. Get your head up here, okay? There is, however, two exceptions to this rule. Rule number one is they give you a great idea that you don't want to forget. So as they're talking, they say something, you just write it down in your notebook super fast. The good idea that they gave you, okay? Exception number two of why you would write something down is they tell a, they're telling a wonderful story that you don't want to interrupt because the question that you have doesn't pertain to the movie in your head. It's just a little question you don't want to forget. So you'll jot down a quick note so you don't forget that question. 
right? Both of those situations are rare. Think of how often you take notes during any other conversation with a human being. Never. So why would you take notes during this one? Okay, tip number six, know how to inspire <clears throat> and when to do it. Thank God, Nick, I do actually get to talk in this interview. Yes, 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 of course you do get to talk, okay? But not until the end. You need to shut up and listen so you can measure them against your company's core values the whole time. If you start talking too much too early and they end up to be a highly immoral person, you're just wasting everybody's time. You're talking in the beginning without figuring out they're an immoral person. An hour later, you figure out they're a liar. Now you've just wasted an hour of everyone's life, okay? But once you do identify them as a high quality candidate, you've asked those questions, they've told magnificent stories that align to your core values. You, my friend, now have work to do. You need to get to work recruiting them. So how do you do that? You inspire them by telling them your stories, okay? The passion that you have for your business will come through naturally as you tell the stories. Me, I tend to kind of get very intense. I get like semi-altruistic, right? Like I want to change the whole world. And then my competitive side generally comes out. I legitimately, in the interview, almost always tell the person across the table from me that I'm going to take over the entire world. And in order to do that, I need a lot of great people with me to accomplish that, okay? That is a big statement, but I mean it to the truest, most deepest part of my heart, okay? There is a pause at how hard I will go on talking this section, okay? So what, what I mean by that is the better the candidate is, the more memorable my talking will be, okay? Lower grade, that's a really bad way of saying that, but lower ranked candidate, cool. I don't need to like go crazy and, and like, right, let's get out of here in 45 minutes. Super special, super special candidate that I know I just can't freaking live without. Nick's going on his TED talk, okay? My recruiting matches the level of their interview, all right? So uh, only you know the core values of your business, right? So uh, you know the stories that go along with those, like, so whatever it is, okay? But you want to set up the conversation like this. So they did get done telling an uh, awesome story. It's pretty much the last question that you wanted to ask them on your sheet. So you say something like this. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being open with me. So you said something when you were telling me that story about the family that left that big tip. I thought it was so badass that you comped their entire appetizer without even asking your boss. Now, I know this is a weird thing for me to say as the boss, right? But I appreciate my people solving problems and telling me what they did after it's fixed to a point where like I'm going out of my way in an interview to tell you this, right? So last weekend, what we had a situation where one of the guys, da, 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 this client, this is how he fixed it, blah, 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 right? And then you go into your core value-laden story, like heavy, deep core values, and tell them what happened. Boom, okay? You just told the kid that not only will he not get in trouble for breaking the rules, aka being a leader, but he'll get appreciated for it, praised for it, and maybe you'll fucking tell stories about him someday to other people, Right? Freedom to operate? Yes, sir. Okay. Useless rules? No, not here. Okay. Now, this is all, of course, is coming from the guy that hates rules and uses the pirate flag emoji instead of the smiley face, right? But those are my core values. Like, that's that's my core value. Like, I want you to just go and fix it and then just let me know afterwards, right? That's super important to me. Okay. 
they want that level of inspiration. Why? Tip number seven, know that great people want great leaders, okay? Great people, <clears throat> they kind of know they're great, okay? Their football coaches always told them they're special. Their teachers always were hard on them because they knew they could do better, right? A lot of the time, the special ones, they, they know, okay? So they want to be someone, they, they want you to be someone that can lead them to the promised land. They know they're special. They know they have something ingrained in them. They don't know how to turn that into results. They need somebody that can lead them there, okay? You know the one way to not do that right off the bat, that is my friend to be desperate. Desperation smells terrible and it will never, ever, ever attract anyone great. Okay. This is because the great people want to be led by a strong leader. You telling them how bad you need them and that all they have to do is show up and work hard and you take such great care of them. You care for them like family. Dude, that's not an interview. That's not a job interview. Okay. That's also not what a great worker wants. Instead, they want structure. They want organization. They want vision. They want a vision to work towards and they want to be invested in it. They want growth. Be the person they believe can take them there. Be the person that the great person believes can get that out of them. Okay. Which leads right into number eight. Be well aware that they just want to be you. Okay. The more time goes on, the more and more people don't want to work for these big ass corporations anymore. Okay. They used to offer security in the past, but as times have changed, they've added more rules, more policies, more bureaucracy. Nowadays, workers, generally speaking, want freedom of expression. Okay. They want to be part of something special. They have heard romantic stories about startup culture. They want to be there in the beginning to help build. That is the key word there. Build. Okay. Also, as the workforce gets younger and younger, compared to us, of course, the higher the percentage that that worker wants to be an entrepreneur, okay? It's getting to the point where everyone wants to be the owner nowadays. So use that to your advantage. Tell awesome stories about how you teach your employees how to do good business and how to run a good business. Tell stories of people you worked with that went on to start their own companies or became high-ranking managers somewhere else. Again, the great people want to be invested in and they want to be with someone that can get them to where you are now. They want to be you. They want to know they can follow your footsteps. Okay, tip number nine, changes gears a little bit. Know that this whole thing is gonna take about an hour. Yes, your interview should absolutely be an hour long. Why? Because you have to make sure that they align to your freaking core values, man. I can't say it enough, okay? Also, you've heard this in the other eight tips we've covered so far already, okay? It's going to take a while to make all this magic happen. But look, here's the bottom line. You can't make a smart decision on a stranger in 18 minutes. I don't care who you are, okay? It takes time to get to know them. It takes time for them to tell their stories. It takes multiple stories to convince you they're a proper fit. Okay. You don't just convince with one story how they handle that angry customer. It takes multiple stories. Okay. It takes time for you to flip it around and tell them how awesome your company is. 
It takes time for them to ask you the questions that they have. If it's less than 60 minutes and you hired them, you rushed it and you rolled the dice. Tip number 10. Okay, Nick. So what questions should I ask? So I want to have, uh, uh, this is my company's. I want them to have a complete and utter passion for doing a great job with people, okay? Fuck rules, fuck policies. I actually want them to break those for the good of making a positive impact on the customer, on the client, okay? Literally, my company's core value number one is aim to have a positive impact on someone's life. Life, not party, not on their Christmas. No, no, no. Aim to have a positive impact on somebody's life. Okay. So what question do I actually ask for that core value? Okay. I have a bunch, but one of my usual ones is what's, uh, I say, tell me a story about the time, uh, you had your proudest moment as an employee. Like, what did you do? What made you so proud? Okay. I want to have people that have, um, killer amounts of self-awareness also. Okay. I want to have people that have high sense of accountability so one of my favorite questions of all time is tell me a huge mistake that you made at work, but you get to redeem yourself and tell me how you fixed the situation and how you grew from it. It's my favorite question of all time. Okay. Um, I also want people to take action when I need them to. So I ask them, tell me about, tell me a story about a time you broke a rule on purpose and why it was the right move. Okay. I want my people to have urgency. So I ask them to tell me a story about their most hectic shift they ever had and how they got through it. That one, I actually word kind of tricky. So I word it so they can basically just say, I drank a shitload of Red Bull and pushed through because what else can you do? You know what I mean? Or uh, when it gets busy, the time goes by faster. So I like that, okay? They almost have to go around the obvious to give me the right answer, to give me the story I'm looking for, right? Where they have a sense of urgency, okay? One of my core values at both of my companies is also if you're not having fun, make it fun. Okay. So I asked them to tell me a story about a time they kept it light on a super busy day or how they cheered up a coworker, that kind of thing. I want to, I want to tell, I want to hear a story about how they kept it fun. Okay. Um, I, when I have an employee that can teach, it's like, oh my God, I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon. Okay. So I always just ask if they've ever trained anyone at their jobs before. Lots of times they say no, right. Especially younger generation, because they just haven't made their way up into a management role where they have trained. But if they have, I ask who they've trained. Okay. They're like, Oh, a whole bunch of people. I'm like, awesome. Tell me about the best one. Okay. As they explain, um, I, I want to ask them what made this girl so great and how did they see that in them and how do they pull out, uh, uh, the things they need to teach them. Like I want to know how they mentored them. All right. So for your questions, I gave you some great examples there. Feel free to steal them. Uh, I highly, highly, highly suggest you kind of craft your own because you're the one that knows your company's, uh, you're the one that knows your company's core values, okay? I take the core value that I'm looking for and I basically just reverse engineer a question that asks them if they have that. But by telling a story, they can't just get away with like, I always try to teach people everything because like more people that do a good job, the easier my job is. Like, that's not a story, dude. That's not, an, that's not an answer, okay? They have to tell you a story about teaching somebody specific what they actually did. So again, not to beat a dead horse here, nail down your core values and then think of the situation 
that you exemplified that from. Like, think of your own story, answer your own freaking question in your head, and then reverse engineer that. And boom, there's your question. Then you need to get a body in front of you so you can go test it. Okay. Which leads me right into number 11. Know that you need a place to interview. Okay. You're going to have to have a 60 minute conversation with a stranger. If you have an office at your warehouse, boom, easy. I literally have a chair right there at my office next to my desk. That's just for that purpose. So I can swivel my chair, have a conversation with the applicant. Okay. If you're working out of your garage and your kitchen table is your desk, first things first, I want to let you know that I have the deepest respect for you. Starting lean and mean like that is how so many legends before us did it. And it's epic. And I absolutely freaking love it. That said, your applicants do not want to come sit at your kitchen table. So what you're going to want to do is meet them at the closest coffee shop to you. Okay. The reason it's the closest coffee shop to you is because there is a scary percentage of interviews that just don't show up. Okay. And you don't want to waste your time having to deal with that. Okay. And there's an even higher percentage of interviews that do show up and they are not a great fit. And you'll know it in about 14 minutes. So you just, time is precious. You don't want to waste it. So go to the lo closest location to you. Okay. Tip number 12, know that you shouldn't make any huge decisions quickly. And that quick decisions, they look desperate. They look desperate. And the, the reason you don't want to look desperate in an interview or to an applicant is because it creates entitlement when you hire them. You needed them. Like the chase is always better than the cash. Like you need them to want to work for you that you want them to chase you not the other way around okay so what you're gonna do is always wait at least one day to make the hiring decision do not hire them until tomorrow at the soonest a week is always far better freaking week why yes a week because think about it like this little analogy for you that magical first date where you think you may have just met the one your emotions are running high it's been forever, dude, since you've been on a decent date. And then this one, like there was sparks and it's connected instantaneously. But then after you sleep on it at night and wake up the next morning, the euphoria has kind of worn off. And you remember that she said her dad almost shot her ex-boyfriend on a hunting trip. And you never got the full story of why that happened. Okay. Or you may have kind of overlooked the part where she said, she has two DUIs because you were lost in the fact that she said that she's a competitive beer pong champion and you were just ready to fall in love. Okay. Yes. I like her, but we need to have another couple of dates before we uh, uh, make any big decisions. All right. We need to dig into these real small red flags. Okay. Hiring is the exact same way or to say that differently. I actually think marriage is a love induced hiring decision for years and years and years. I've always taught everybody Marriage is just the most important hiring decision you can make. How freaking passionate I am about hiring and interviews. I literally equate marriage to it, all right? I am picky on hiring. I was highly picky on relationships my entire life, okay? And I really made my wife, Michelle, work for it, I promise you, okay? But look how that hiring decision played out. She's an absolutely incredible, all right? So always, always, always wait to hire, okay? Wait at least a day to hire, but you're going to want to grade them immediately. You want to grade them immediately. So as soon as they leave the coffee shop or as soon as they leave your office, you start grading them on your core values, right? But you're going to wait to make any decisions until tomorrow, right? Tip number 13, know that this all takes a shitload of practice, okay? Like I said in the beginning, I've done well over a thousand interviews in my life. 
and spent close to a decade obsessed with interviewing. Okay. That's a dude. That's a lot of practice. That's a lot of books I read. That's a lot of mental, like just driving an hour to work, thinking about interviewing. Like it's a lot of time. Okay. Bottom line is, and I've seen this play out over and over and over and over to prove this point. Okay. With people I either managed or mentored, the better you get at doing interviews, the better your hiring will be, the stronger your teams will be, the less stress you'll have, the just the problems melt away when you do good interviews, I promise. So be aggressive about getting better at interviews. That's be aggressive, man. I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. So I covered a lot there. And no doubt you guys have any questions, you guys are gonna have questions, and I cannot wait to answer them all. I cannot wait to answer them all because I absolutely love interviewing with my whole heart. It's just ridiculous. Okay. There's so much art in interviewing <clears throat> mixed in with science. Um, so please just do me a huge favor. Do you a huge favor. Do not leave this freaking zoom call tonight. If you have any areas at all that are foggy about what I just talked about, or if you have any questions, do not let me end the zoom. If you have questions, me personally, I'm a people person. So I love interacting with people on video. I love when you ask questions and your camera is on. It just makes me so happy. Um, and I will not lie to you. It makes the show exponentially better than me awkwardly reading comments. Okay. But however, I do understand that it's scary uh, to talk in front of people and, and you may be shy or unsure of yourself and you just started. Um, so, so no worries. I, I promise you, if you're going to ask a question, um, um, it's going to be received well, no matter where you ask it, where you guys want to ask questions over in the chat. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you can ask them, where are you, Facebook? You're in there. If you're on Facebook, you can ask them in that chat, uh, or you can unmute. Just, just please, please, please ask your questions. Let's have a great freaking conversation right now about interviewing. So what do you guys got uh, that you guys want to uh, kind of touch on? I, I, I covered a lot of shit there. That's the longest I've ever talked ever at the beginning of the show. And uh, uh, while you guys get up the courage, whether it's liquid courage, or it's, uh, <laughs> whether it's liquid courage or actual courage. Um, I'm going to tell you kind of how I learned all this stuff. First, I'm going to take a drink of tequila though. My throat is dry from my Ted talk there. So, uh, I'm going to kind of tell you my background, like how the f did I learn all this stuff? Okay. Um, so I am a person that is a firm believer that I stand on the shoulders of the giants that came before me, right? The people that invested in me and taught me all this stuff. Um, in, in corporate world, I owe so much, if not all of my knowledge uh, to them. And I 100% know for a fact that I owe my uh, uh, thirst for more knowledge or my, my absolute dedication to, to learning topics in a holistic manner to them. So, so I learned a lot of this stuff because it was taught to me by amazing, by amazing leaders. Um, that being said, I also then kind of went down the rabbit hole. Uh, but the best analogy that I could make for you here is when I went to go start doing my own Google ads for the jump off uh, back in 2021, very early stages of 2021. And uh, I got to the end and was just like, yeah, like this, I love it. Like I love data. I love analyzing. I love all that stuff. Uh, but I knew I had to go down a rabbit hole. That's like as deep as this interview one that I went on, right. In order to get good at it. I also knew somebody that went down that rabbit hole. I just met him. His name was Tariq. So I just hired Tariq to do my Google ads because he already went down this passionate, right? So I've just gone down the fucking rabbit hole so deep on interviews. Um, I literally had a fucking interviewing podcast 
it was called hire easy lead easy there's only two episodes uh, uh, but, but I literally started a podcast about interviewing back in the day. So that my friends is how I know this stuff. Um, all right. We've got some questions coming in over here on the zoom. So I'm going to hit those real quick. Um, how soon do you start interviewing at what point you have? Okay. So this is from Derek. So what up Derek? Uh, yeah. So he's asking how soon should he start interviewing as of right now? Uh, he has 10 units, um, and a 16 year old son. So it's a good question. Um, the actual answer is probably not that soon. However, I'm going to give you the right answer, in my opinion, which is tomorrow. Uh, the reason I say tomorrow is because you need to start doing, bro, you need to learn how to interview. Like, it took me fucking seven years to get this good. Uh, no, I do not think you need to get this good to build strong teams. Like, um, uh, you need to have the ability to have a conversation with a stranger, pick out if they align to the, core values that you have for your company and inspire them to want to work for you. Like those are the three check marks you basically need to have. Okay. You don't need to go down a seven year fucking rabbit hole to figure that shit out. I promise you. However, when you do need somebody, okay, your 16 year old son's going to break his leg in a motor uh, dirt bike thing accident. Right. You're, you're, you're going to want to go on vacation at some point in time, whatever you need a guy. You can't hire a guy when you need a guy. You have to kind of already be leading it up. Like you have to have somebody on deck, so to speak, right? So, so I just, I just, I don't do as many interviews as I want to, uh, uh, but I just stay interviewing. I just stay interviewing. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and look, um, the other the other part of that is I think the proper answer to or the badass answer of that is I would start doing interviews soon. Uh, and just tell your, just tell your boy, like, yeah, I'm going to just, you know, you might, bro, you may need help one day. Like, uh, uh, I may be out of town, whatever. Okay. And then as soon as you're like, even remotely decent, just like where you're not sweating and nervous. Okay. As soon as you're not nervous doing an interview, have him come with you, have him come with you because the, the, the strength in numbers thing in interviews is real, really real where you're so your brain is trying to think about the next question digest what he's saying somebody else is just sitting there chilling picks up on shit that you miss a lot a lot a lot so so i would start bringing him start doing some when you're not nervous start bringing him with you and, and start teaching him definitely appreciate it my man absolutely dude uh all right what else do you guys uh what other questions you guys got about interviewing dude interviewing team building hiring what do you guys do interviews at I'm going to ask you though. I'm going to ask a scary question. Actually, do you guys do interviews? Everybody's silent. Nobody does interviews for sure. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go check. My interview out. with my son was, do you want hot pockets or not? That's kind of how I hired him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got, uh, uh, you've got, you've got the son. So that's mine's nine. So it's like, eh, not going to make it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, all right. We've got a good question on Facebook from Tatiana Coles. What up, Tatiana? Okay. So should we have certain requirements when hiring like age, driver's license, how much they can lift? Yes, 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 yes. Um, Absolutely. So um, let's see. Age. Uh, that I'm going to refer you back to your, your state requirements on, on age. 
So I know like if you're in California, like dear God, you need a lawyer to navigate this stuff. The rest of you guys, like probably like uh, Seattle too, what's Washington nightmare, but the rest of us, like it's, it's right. It's pretty open. It's generally speaking 16, but just check to make sure in your state um, driver's license. So yeah, if, if you're going to want to get a driver's license um, and authorization of a background check, like a little form they sign, right? So you can do a background check. Um, I do suggest doing those. I suggest doing those because uh, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Okay. Um, how much they can lift. Yeah, that's kind of that. Now you're kind of more into the HR policy section of things. Um, so basically, you need to have a job requirement saying they can lift 50 pounds or, or whatever that is. Um, yes, that is very smart to have that way. Um, it's, in my opinion, this is full opinion here. Uh, it's a little bit more rare to have that as a small ass business, like as small as we are. Um, I think shooting from the hip think that a lot of those things are in place to stave off discrimination lawsuits personally. I just, as a dude, that's not in love with rules. That's, that's kind of what I think. So, um, but, but yeah, hell yeah. I would, yeah. New York. Okay. New York, you guys got some weird shit too. So I would do some, I would do some digging and make sure um, I live in Louisiana where it's like the freaking labor laws are insanely relaxed. Like it's like 1992 here. So I don't have to kind of navigate all that crazy stuff. Uh, my wife is born and raised in California. There's a, you know, highly strong chance we'll move back to California at some point in time in the next two decades. When that happens, I got to make a decision if I want to start a business there because it's a lot to, it's a lot to freaking go through. Uh, let's see. Ariel asked, what about hiring someone with no legal papers? No clue. No clue. Lawyer, right? Check with, but yeah, I, not in Florida. Yeah, I don't. I don't know on that one. My gut tells me probably you can. Uh, I and and also put it this way: I I wouldn't. I would not um, uh, hire somebody that's an illegal alien. I would not. I would not do that personally. But I'm kind of like. Uh, I mean, like I said, dude, I'm picky. I'm a picky hire. Like you gotta. You really gotta. You really gotta wow me, dude. Generally speaking. Um, yes, I have done a poor job of team building plenty of times in my life, right? And been in the desperation mode and you put on as much freaking cologne to hide that nasty desperation smell as you can and you bide your time for 12 hours while they sleep so you can hire them first thing in the morning. I've done all of that. I've done all of it. Um, but it's just, dude, every time you've ever hired out of desperation, you've just, you've just made your life harder, dude. That's all it is. That's all it is. You bring on the wrong person. They're, they're, they don't do a good job. You have to babysit them. You have to, uh, uh, right. You guys know, you guys know, you guys know you've worked with these people before at other jobs or you've had, uh, or maybe you've hired them. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a super cool thing, uh, that I do at the end of every interview. So this is like super cool, uh, life hack for, for ending an interview. So at the end of the interview, right, you kind of wind it down. They, at the end of the interview almost sounds the same no matter what on every interview, right? Da, 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 you got any more questions? No, you're great. Cool. Blah, 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 right? And they go, no, my only question is when do I start? Ha, ha, ha. Okay. So at that point in time, I go, I tell them, cool, that question doesn't count because everybody asks that question. I, yes, I'm trying to make them feel dumb for asking that question. And then, um, I, then I say, okay, 
The rule is at the end of every interview, you have to ask me two questions. It is open rate. You can ask any two questions you want about any topic in the entire universe. You have to direct them at me, obviously. Okay. But you can ask me anything, anything work related, pay related, family related, my kids, my wife, my car, my whatever you want. You can ask me anything in the entire world, but you have to ask two. Ready, go. Okay. The cool little thing that that hack, I don't remember when I invented that. I've been doing it for years. They at the first thing they'll ask you is the question they're dying to ask you, but don't feel comfortable, right? They have a apprehension because they want to ask you something kind of weird or goofy or taboo. So what they'll do is they are so on the spot. They have nowhere to hide. They ask that taboo question. And it's always the best moment of the interview. If if you can get them to ask that question, it it literally will, it, it can and will elongate the, uh, uh, lengthen the interview another 30 minutes. No question, no question. Because that's the question that they want to know. And you can tell by the way they ask it. And I just go ham on it. I go crazy passionate about it. Um, and then generally speaking, you'll get a goofy one in there, right? Uh, uh, what do I like to do for fun or whatever, you know what I mean? But at the end of the interview, force them to ask you two questions, you'll be shocked how much better the interview gets, even if it's already like a nine and a half. Like it's crazy. Oh, one of the other things I wanted to tell you guys too is so when you're in the interview and you do tell me the story, right? Um, I have a podcast episode that's like, if you go to my podcast and scroll all the way down, there's like 60 episodes. It's like the first one, I think. Uh, it's called, it's literally, the episode is called literally tell me a story, uh, interview trick, tell me a story, something like that, but it's, tell me a story. And I did an entire podcast episode on tell me a story. Okay. That was one of the first, one of the first two podcasts, uh, I ever recorded back in like 2018 or some shit. Uh, but I did a whole podcast episode on it. Um, and really, really, really went, went, went very heavy on it as hard as I could because um here let me see if i can find out what i'm talking because uh i had just left my corporate job and at my corporate job i was doing um i was doing eight interviews a week eight interviews a week basically quote unquote minimum like there was weeks i did six right but uh for the most part i was doing i was doing eight interviews a week because uh that was my freaking job and i was obsessed with it and so i had used like i had Honed that tell me a story I had honed that like it was I was I was freaking really good at it back in the day and so then when I quit my job I was going to start this hiring I think it's going to start a hiring company or something I know I wanted to start a consulting agency that was heavy 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 on, on hiring and interviewing like team building stuff um but yeah I was I was like a ninja back in the day I actually got told by my boss that I was the greatest interviewer in the history of the company and the company started in 1986 and was big. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this. It's going to take me a second. Um, do you guys have questions or no? It's a very quiet episode. I was really hoping for some. Really I thought this is actually one of the best episodes you've ever actually done. Like, I love this. I actually, like, I everything that you were saying was actually really, like, I've done none of that, to be clear. And <laughs> like I, I'm like, but I'm like, oh, that's actually like I love I I'm all about leverage and I'm all about uh like I like how you're just like don't seem desperate and stuff like that. Like I've created um that type of atmosphere 
in a slightly unhealthy way, but it's also like none of my guy, not all my guys are blue collar, and like they don't fucking they don't take no shit. So like if there's somebody new that comes in, they're just like, oh yeah, no, this this person's weak, like <laughs> like weak link, like cut the fat, like just I mean like they they don't care. They're they're immediately like, oh this ain't this ain't gonna work. And then like sometimes like there was this one kid, he kind of just like just rubbed me the wrong way. And then uh, they're all like, no, he's great. He's great. And I, I still kept him on. And then his brother came on. And his brother's like one of the best workers I've had too. Like he's definitely like, yeah, he's, he's freaking, he's 17. He's just like, like almost perfect. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's funny to me how, how uh, the culture of the company is the people. Like I remember uh, back in, back in the day, I mean, I had big fucking teams. Like I'm talking 350 employees, and then we'd balloon up to five to six hundred at Christmas time. But right, but I had the core, like the the man, the store managers that I that I managed directly. Right, everybody else was below that. But you, the the culture would stay kind of what it was, but it would move around as a, as you hire different people, and you'd have like this super like inclusion one where it's like a new person a new manager is promoted and like all of a sudden they're like texting and sending group emails you know what I mean and then like it would move over a couple years later like yeah a new person's uh, promoted and they're like over at the corner like not gonna make it da, 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 da. And, like dude like help them out so it's it's kind of funny how how the entire culture of the company in my opinion is is like predicated on the people and you can you can nudge that culture like it's nudge, 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 but but you can't you can't force it, man. You can't. Yeah, it doesn't happen unless you like the only way you can change a like company culture is just like fire everybody and hire everybody new. It's like the only like the only way you're actually changing that overnight. Yeah. Okay. It's not, gonna be, it's not gonna be pretty. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, and that's why like uh, and this is like a natural thing. This is not like something I learned or whatever. It's just like who I am as a human being. I was always so picky about hiring. I used to get in trouble back when uh, uh, one of my best friends was my district manager for a long time. Uh, his name's Drew. And so when Drew was my boss, um, I, I ran the biggest store um, in his district and the second biggest store on the entire Western US. And uh, this is like way back as a store manager. And I always had these like tiny, tiny, small little crews. And he's like, dude, you don't have enough employees. Do you have enough employees? You don't have enough employees. I'm like there's nobody uh, you know, there's, no, there's nobody good to hire and he'd come do interviews and and I'd, he'd be like this person's great because this this is this, 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 this and i'd be like ah, bro here's why i don't want to hire him this is this, this. i'm like dude i'd rather be picky and run a small crew than than the opposite you know what i mean I because yeah because the opposite it's like oh my god i gotta find that freaking podcast too but i can't find it it'll only go back to march 12th 2020 and I know like, that the biggest thing my guys are like learning out like or two is like that they got to talk more and like voice their problems because their problems are my problems so that I can fix them. And that's what because now that I'm in the office, now I have time like last year I was bored, but I didn't realize what to do. And now this year I'm like, I'm just fixing problems as they come in. So I don't got to deal with them again. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, you know, I mean, solidifying it, making making routines and. Just, just a little, like, just constant, just uh, constant upkeep on on my manager and making sure, like, he's running everything right. So I don't really do much, though. I don't do, I don't do shit. I'm never in the trucks anymore. 
I'll deliver a dump tank here and there because it fits in my truck fine and just takes up so much space in the truck. So it's like, I don't, I can deliver a dump tank by myself. I also hate the amount of money I get. I only get like 300 bucks for a dump tank. So it's like, when I, you know, oh, yeah, I, mean, I, rather, I rather just go deliver that myself. You know what I mean? Make the money. I know it's good ROI. It's like, answer some phone calls in the truck, chill, make sure, you know, I mean, try to deliver it the day before or so, do it at like freaking two after 12. And I look at the, Here's like a really important thing I, w- I would say too. Like, like look at look at your times that you're busy. And then like if you're if you're getting phone calls like a shit ton on a Monday, like all I don't know about everybody's like at least this is my looks like. I'm pretty I'm curious what everybody else's looks like. But like if you're getting a ton of phone calls on a Monday morning between like eight and, and noon, like if that's the majority of your sales and stuff like that coming on a Monday during a week. And you have a Monday job, like you should have somebody answer the phones. Like that should be a priority or something like that. Like you should try and, you know what I mean? Hire for that. Like uh there's there's multiple times that I wish like right now that I've had schools call me that even with me answering the only one answering the phones, like today, I had to go get a look at a box truck and get a look at lift gates for it and stuff like that. And I was out of the office. So people were calling. I, I missed like a phone call from a school. Where if I had a secretary, it would just roll over to their phone, and they could answer it because you know what I mean. Because it would have rang, or most likely it would go to their their phone first, and then if my phone rings, I know oh there's a problem. Yeah, that's that was the so that was the first uh, uh, not the obviously not the first hire that I made, uh, but I was kind of in a position where I needed to make a choice like is it a field manager or is it an office manager. Um, and I made the choice to go office manager because I had the right person. Um, so Cassie worked for me in my other business already as the office manager and, oh my God, amazing. is just like, not even a word that describes the shit that she does and handles and everything. Uh, so I made the kind of like, I was like, Ooh, uh, it's all right. We're going to bring her over to the jump off. You know, I think we can afford the payroll. Uh, and it's like, dude, everything, everything has gotten better because, uh, she is on top of all the messages that come through event hawk. She's on top of all the phone calls that come in. And then, like, that's her get the that's deliveries. Her. Like, does What's she that? ever go on orders or deliveries? Does she understand that? A little bit. So just, but just from her, so she's never gone on one. Yeah. Uh, she has, uh, she's, I met her from them renting from me. They, they started renting from me like OG days, like very, very OG days and have rented multiple times and then um now obviously we give her like she gets free rentals so whenever she has a rental like and this is like her personality like this is not me doing this uh she's like out there like learning especially with christmas lights right so we put christmas lights on our house for free obviously um and so she's out there like helping the guys put her own christmas lights on her house so she can learn how to do that uh be a better christmas and that's and that's why I'm going to make this statement because I like that you went full office manager. I don't know how to hire for that or manage that yet. I know I need that. What I'm really been spending a lot of time though, is having my warehouse man, like my main guy. I've actually been giving him access to my back end. I've been giving him access to my click up so he can give like different, not like notes and stuff. Like ClickUp's a, just an organization um, manager. It's, it's a weird a different app that I use for like all like all my tasks and all that stuff. Um, and I, I use it for all my businesses and that I run, so it's I can put it all in one place. Besides just having like 
using an IO task manager or something like that. There's a oh, reason yeah. I actually use ClickUp because I'm I have multiple businesses all over the freaking place. Um, but what, what was I getting at? Um, I freaking lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Because uh, I had hired I'd hired Cassie. Oh, for- so my manager. Yeah. So I've been training him to kind of like train all the drivers so they know what's going on. So there's more drivers because at the end of the day, we, we were talking about it today. Like if these guys keep coming up, <clears throat> keep working and, and doing the way that they like that they're doing and all the like there's no reason for like he can't next year just be in the office most of the oh, time. Yeah. So we're like it's gonna be at that point. And I think that is even more valuable when you can get somebody to come from the field and into the office because they'll be able to sell more and not sell like dumb shit where you just deal with bounce houses and like water slides and stuff like that, foam. It doesn't get as complicated. But when you start doing tents and bounce houses and foam machines and mechanic like you know what I mean all that other crazy shit like together like it then it starts to like get like okay like somebody if they're in that booking system and they and they like don't know what they're doing or or don't understand the field like they're gonna be like you know what I mean okay cool I'll just book five schools for seven o'clock in the morning and it'll be fine that day like because they're just taking orders in you know what I mean like it's just I can't think of too many examples off the top of my head but that's just one of them. Like, there was, yeah there was one last week where i was going through uh I, I remember how i caught this but um i noticed there was a reservation that we had like on the drop schedule confirmed uh uh that was uh no deposit was paid and so i'm like what in the world no deposit was paid well oh, because cassie texted me she said did you notice that this chick because cassie was sick last week so i made a large portion of the drop schedule and she said, did you notice that so-and-so was at a park? This rental was at a park. I'm like, no, I didn't notice it was a park. There's no park fee on it. She's like, oh my God, I totally messed that up. I'm like, and so I go and look at it because I was going to add the park fee to it. And then I noticed there was no deposit paid. I'm like, what, what's happening here? She said, well, she said she doesn't have a credit card. Uh, so she's going to pay cash on drop-off in full. And I was like, okay, woo. Right. And so I was like, no, 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 we don't do that because you know, we can have a card on file for damages, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, if they like, this, it was like an old, it's like an old bounce house they rented. So it's not one like, out of 100 chance they could totally just steal that shit and just run away because yeah. there's no card on file. Which or somebody like, else steals it because they're like, they always rent it at a park. They don't do it at people's houses. They do that shit at parks too. Like if it, it when it happens, it's like nine or eight times out of 10, it'll be at like a park. Yeah, that's so what's like, funny too. So there's a bunch of red flags there. Yeah, it was like, oh, I mean, everything went fine, right? They so said, you you yeah. you had a bounce house stolen from you, Justin? I haven't had any, but I know other people that have. I've seen I've seen mad shit in the groups. I've been I've been around for way too long. I've been doing this for way too long. Stolen a bounce house before? Huh? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was just I'm pretty sure Freddie just stole a bounce house before. <laughs> Rugged. No. <laughs> um, Justin, Freddie, y'all brothers? Yes or no? No. 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 Oh, He's right. I'm super chico. Yeah, no, I'm I'm freaking I'm a uh, Italian Mexican. <laughs> Got it. I just I'm me Italians and Italians and Hispanics get along, you know. So we get we get confused with each other sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nick, Nick, back to you. 
so so back <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to say something too about uh it's a regular schedule. I had, I, had some, I had some crazy shit happen today. I'm gonna read this review that I got. Oh, it got even crazier too. This got even crazier. This is like I had to train my guys. This is like a whole teaching moment. I was like, you do not talk to customers like this. Like it was, it was a whole thing. I it was this is where I'm just gonna start off with it was a four-star review though. So it's not like it was so her his wife gives me the review first, and it's a five-star review, and it says it's a great one with a picture and everything. The bounce house is a brand new condition, considering it's a rental. The guys that deliver it were very friendly and respectful. The communication was great through the whole process. I would give 10 stars if I could. Amazing for the price. And then her, like that's Cynthia Madison. And then the other one was Justin Madison. And I got four stars. And the product itself was great. The setup crew did a great job and were very friendly. We expected pickup the evening after the event. However, no one showed up. Late the next morning, I got a call. They were on their way for pickup. After they did not show for an hour, I called the number back, and they said they got a call by the boss to another last-minute delivery, and they are on their way now. It was a little frustrating as we had plans for the rest of the day that were that were held up. And I, I responded, honestly, we were terribly sorry we kept you waiting on us. Our delivery and pickup times are always subject to change, but we always arrive before your party. We do not require anyone be home for pickup as well. This was a crazy Memorial Day weekend, and sorry we had to switch pickup schedule. We would love to work with you again next year and make it up to you. And that's basically what I like, you know what I mean? Said, but it was a four-star review. It was super passive aggressive. I had to explain to my guys, like, yo, when all they heard was my boss told me to go do something else. I already told you I was on the way, and we didn't even have the courtesy to freaking tall you and let you know. Right. Like, so and like when I said that to that, he was like, Oh yeah. Like I was like, dude, I don't. I don't even tell customers times. Like I tell them like we're, you are two deliveries ahead. You are two pickups ahead. You know what I mean? You have two more pickups before you, because at the end of the day, what happens when you hit a freaking water main or something? What happens when there's no, there's there, you're tripping breakers for an extra 20 minutes. What happens when like, you know what I mean? There's just something, you know, I know you guys all have dealt with it. You know what I mean? Something happens. It's yeah, you're we, fighting in the wind for an extra 20 minutes. So it throws off your time frame or something. Yeah. Or the or the suddenly you're there's a gate and then you can't you can't go there, but you want to like just change the delivery route real quick. Or suddenly somebody isn't freaking home or or whatever. You want to change the delivery route. I have to make it super flexible, especially if you want to add stuff. Sometimes you can't add things because you already just told everybody the delivery schedule and you can't add it on the top because it won't work out. But if you didn't really have everybody have a delivery schedule, you drop off before 12. You know what I mean? No matter what, Nick doesn't like this. I know. <laughs> you you give everybody a, a specific time, I know. But me, I'm just like, I drop off before 12. If you wanted a specific time, it's 100 bucks. I will make sure it's there at that time and do the logistics for it and, and eat time of my day. But other than that, let me do my shit. I'll make it sure it's there before noon. 90% of parties aren't starting before noon. Like, just we do. We we had we had similar situation this weekend that um I kind of chalked up to the same thing where I was like, I really want to teach my guys kind of like the etiquette portion of it, right? Because they're like you got to remember, like they're in the trenches, so they're focused on let's get this. Uh, uh, I think if I remember right, they had a, a flooded slide, and then some shit happened with the twenty seven foot dual lane two 
some mud situation, whatever. Um, so they ended up, they ended up behind schedule. And so I'm up at the warehouse. Um, I was selling some used units. So I was up at the warehouse, um, showing a slide to a guy and phone rings. I answer it. And on Sundays, I answer the phone. Cassie's off on Sundays. And it's a lady that's asking when they're going to be there to pick up the slide. I'm like, hold on. Like, let me pull the schedule. And I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, it's one right now. I'm like, they're supposed to be there at 12. I'm like, uh, I know they got held up, but, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going on, but I know they had some kind of issues that they ran into that really, really slowed them down. I'm like, but it's, it's okay. Like, you know, everything okay. She's like, well, my husband's waiting all day. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He does not, you can tell him to go. Like he can go. He does not need to be there. She's like, well, we have this dog. We're worried about this dog. I'm like, uh, okay. Like he can't, he can't put the dog inside. Like if, if, if he needs to wait, like I can get you an exact time when they're going to be there. But, but like, he does not need to be home. Like nobody needs to be there when we pick it up. And um, I want to explain to the guys, like, if, if you start to get behind like that, just inform somebody, whether it's Cassie, it's me or the clients, all of those are equally adequate. I just want to make sure that we can keep everybody else in the loop. Uh, generally speaking on a Sunday, it's mostly pickups. People don't really ever care. Still like a quick text, like, hey, we're behind an hour or whatever. I mean, it will go a long way. It's, it's yeah, good, good, good moment for the guys. It gets, it gets deeper. I told them, I told them all kinds of crazy shit. Like, like, for example, I told, I literally said this, like, I'm, I'm going to try and quote myself, but it's pretty much, I, I definitely said shit like this. I was like, I was like, I'll tell people if I'm late and it's like super late, and I already told them a time or something, or like they need it. You know what I mean? Whatever. I'll tell them I had a flat tire. Like I'll, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And then and like, like I just, you know what I mean? And just save their party. I'll make up a wild story. Like I'm still coming. They just want to make sure you show up. They don't really care if you're a little bit late, if, it, if something crazy happens. And then like, and this is like, you told somebody for a specific time. That's, this is when I, I stopped telling freaking time, but literally I told, I said this to my uh, manager, Justin, I'm like, Justin, how many times do you hear me say I had a flat tire last year? He's like, I don't know how many, but I definitely heard it a couple. And I'm like, how many times did we have a flat tire last year? And he's like, none. <laughs> and it's like, exact, like little stuff like that. The other one that I do, literally fucking dog ate my homework type shit. Like I will, like if I somehow double book a bounce house, I will literally call them. I will wait until like a week out if I notice it and just have something reserved that's like generic. I will call them a week out. And I will literally tell them that freaking something had happened to it. And I got, it's going to be a couple of weeks to be getting repaired or something. They won't ever know the difference. And I switched the bounce house out and it's so better than same face. Like, Oh, I double booked this unit. I'm sorry. And whatnot. And then like, like more than 75% of the time, they don't give a shit. What else you got booked? And they just, and you just switch it. And if yeah, they, I had one, I had one they, I sold. So uh, we're getting a new, we're getting a new dual lane tropical combo. That's hopefully will be here tomorrow, maybe the next day. But, um, but I was under the impression like that is going to be your last week. So I'm like, fuck it, I don't need all these tropical whatevers. So like me not even thinking about it, I put it up for sale last Thursday, and then hit on it as soon as I post it. I want it. I'll send you a deposit. I'm like, hold on, let me make sure it's not booked. Like I didn't think someone's going to buy it like that minute. Sure enough, it's it's booked. Right. So, yeah, I so I called her up. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm going to sell that unit like um, it has like a little bit of an issue with it. I'm like, it's not like a huge catastrophic issue. We can still bring it to you if you want. I'll sell it next week. 
I'm like, but I've got another tropical combo that just has a pool at the bottom. She's like, oh my God, I didn't book one of the pool. I'm like, no, no, the one you have is like a splash pad, like no pool. She's like, no, 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 pool, pool, give me pool. Yeah, sell your other one. That's good. Give me the pool. I'm like, booyah. Exactly. Like most of the time they don't care. They're happy I had another one and didn't didn't just have to freaking cancel on them most of the time. So yeah, yeah. that's it's just try that option. If they get all pissy with you, well, if you would they probably would have got even more pissy with you if you told them you double booked then. Like, like to be clear, like yeah, so, the software, that, the software had a hiccup. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah don't right. say that shit. Don't don't tell them that. that don't. That's your fault. But if you saved their party because you had an extra bounce house because some other customer's idiot dog ate it, now you're the fucking hero. And you like, I'm telling you, you turn your mistakes into good reviews by like, I'm I'm totally telling you to lie. But like, like I'm telling you, like. It's just, at the end of the day, as long as you're, like, not canceling on people and you're not stepping on them, that's what really, really matters. Um, shit happens, mistakes happen, but save face for your company. Um, and if you really feel bad about it, just throw some extra shit in or something. But I don't even do that. So I'm just being, you know, <laughs> like. I had one uh, I had one last week. What the fuck happened last week? Maybe it was two weeks ago, but it was a similar situation. Some weird, Some weird stuff happened. And uh, yeah, we, yeah, but it was kind of like a, a, a similar conversation where it was kind of like, no, you're good. Like, like you have to remember, like, they're going to freak out if they don't have the unit for their party, right? Because your unit is like the cornerstone of their party. So it's like, when you make that phone call, like, let them know everything's all good. I got plenty of stuff. We're going to get you a, a equal slide, but here's what happened. I've honestly been doing so much sketchy shit. Oh, dude, you want to know? I, I did, and I did, and this was not dishonest. This was not dishonest. It was just, uh, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. So I was going to buy a 22 foot dual lane uh, from HEC. They have these new extended lane slides. They're like badass. I buy one of those, and then uh, they've got a pretty sweet sale right now. So I'm like, I'm going to go buy this unicorn combo. I need some more girl stuff in my inventory. So I'm going to do that this week. Dope. So on the website, uh, Sunday, Monday, I don't know what day it was, put both of those up on the website. Like, let's get some bookings going, right? Uh, comes to yesterday. Okay. Decided, never mind. I went and did some research and like, wow, combos make so much less money in summertime than I thought they did. It's crazy. Makes no sense to buy a combo right now. I'm going to buy two 22-foot dual lane extended lanes. We're going to do that instead of the combo. So I went into the software to go make the combo in the inventory zero instead of one so nobody can book it. And then this little girl right here that just walked in my office distracted me because summer camp hasn't started yet. And uh, I, I forgot to put the freaking bounce house to zero, dude. So today, Cassie texts me and says, LOL. I was like, what? Unicorn bounce house. And I'm like, oh, no, dude. So I go in. A lady booked it for the 17th. It is booked as we speak right now, 18 days from now. Did not buy it. We bought two 22-foot dual lanes today, not the unicorn one. So I've got to figure out what the hell to do with that situation. Uh, they have the sale, so I may just go buy it anyways. Clearly I'm, what I'm going to buy it anyways. And the sale ends on the 4th of July. So like, I got to buy it before the 4th of July, so I'm going to buy it basically – a week or two earlier than I had planned now. 
but I'm just like, oh my god, dude, that so is, that, dude I freaking love you because that is literally what I was about to say. I've been doing some sketchy shit, like, like that's exactly the type of stuff I've been dealing with. So I, so I'll like basically I have these tents that are supposed to be in, um, two extra tents for the school. They're custom, and they're supposed to be in. They're supposed to go up on the seventh. They're supposed to now. I guess they're coming in on the sixth. So <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm like losing my freaking, I'm losing my mind. And then like, I basically was talking to this brewery that I go to all the time and I got their freaking street festival. And then he sent me all, he, it's his first time he's actually doing it, like running it himself. So then he sent me all the information. I sent him everything, all the pricing, all that stuff. Never sent me anything back. And then he sends me a message today. Oh, it's two weeks out. Just, can we add two tents? I'm like, yo. I don't have like it. I'm booked out completely that weekend. So I have to go buy extra tops for that tent for the, the other tents because they're custom. And then I can slap them on. I wasn't going to do that yet. Or I could have just had them with this order ready to go here. I was going to wait a little bit before I had to do that. So now I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to lose the brewery and the festival in the street every year. So I freaking called them right back as my order's getting shipped today. I'm like, yo, can you also put up? So now he's sending out a bunch of tops out tomorrow. It'll come with it or within the week because it needs to be at least for the next week after so i'm just i'm doing stuff like that i had i had all my slides on my site here's here's an interesting conversation i will have with you nick and this is my hypothesis that goes right into all of this and i think it's it's really there and there it is right there don't put fucking coming soon on your site honestly i was i did this i did this and honestly i was thinking about it i got less bookings than other ones and in reality, you can just put it as not available and you can't book it and put some wording on there that's saying, oh, this one, like right at the top or in red in the, in the, in the description, this won't be available till this date. So now they can at least see that. But then putting that coming soon discourages people from actually clicking on it um, yeah. and checking out, checking out like at all. Like I, just, uh, I did that as fast as I freaking could when, when after Cassie sent me that text, I'm like, oh shit. So I went and just slapped that puppy on there. So I was like, I don't, dude, I don't have it. I don't have it. And that's, and that's what I, so what I did is I had all my orders that were coming in for specific dates. I basically put it in for uh, a little bit after. So I had some buffer time in case something happened and I went for it and just put them in my inventory for, for, for rent and put them on my website. Um, I did that coming soon stuff, but, but those, so I have slides, um, those got to be in here before next two weeks, but I already paid those off. So that'll be set. But the real sketchy stuff is really just like buying things and renting them out before you have them. And then like, like just spending the money as it comes in to try and make sure you got all those orders to a certain point. Um, yeah. That's, that's the first time I've ever done. Right. And it was an accident, but I'm like, yo, like I'm actually might be kind of cool with that. Like if I think I might want to buy it, like I have the money no, I no, bought it today. You want to be but, careful with that, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, if me personally, I know exactly where, like, how much of everything I kind of want and how much, where I need to be to be, like, right around eight, 800, 900K and be running super lean. Like, I know what, like, I, I have the vision for it. So I'm not going to sit here and buy extra shit. So, okay, I'll spend the money now if I need it. I can get it rented out and it's worth it. But you only want to do it to a certain point because if you do that too much, now, like you don't spread it out as much. Like I, like I can spend a whole bunch of money on optional for it. Like I'm probably gonna spend another twenty k on, 
on obstacle courses, but I do want to spend 40k on gains this year. Like, so it's like, you know, what I mean, where where does it start eating out of my profit for myself to actually go take home? And like, I don't care too much because I do have my end goal, but at the end of the day, like you can just keep buying equipment forever if you like yourself. Yeah, that's I'm gonna actually uh um so I'm to the point now where I, I really want to educate myself on that. So I I kind of talked to my CPM hoping I can get him on here. We can do like a CPA episode, but um, because there's a point in time like and this this might be crazy. And and I have the jump off set up as an S Corp, meaning I have to be on salary and the salary has to be paid via payroll. So I have to have a payroll check that taxes a come reasonable out. salary too. So you can't just freaking right. pay yourself a dollar. I don't I don't want to. like I want I like I want to set up the salary to be like right a good wage. Obviously the jump off pays for a whole bunch of other shit that's like nice perks, right? That's great. All, all I'm getting I'm not a CPA. All, all I was saying with that is like you can technically get in trouble if you're pay, if you're getting paid less than a manager yeah. manager. Because yeah. as you know what I mean, <laughs> like right. Little stuff um, like that. Yeah, I want to have I want to have Brian on here as like a CPA episode because, in my opinion, now now that I'm on salary and so as long as I can make payroll, so to speak, right for my guys, and then that counts me, uh, which elevates the payroll greatly, right? But now that I'm on payroll, I kind of don't want to profit very much money. Like I don't I don't want to profit. No, 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 that's not true. Really, anything? No, no, you get taxed more on freaking payroll and you do profit. What are you talking about? Yeah, like I like you want I want to pay yourself as little as possible, and then put as much profitable profit as you can because it, you get taxed more, you get taxed less. We talking yeah, about my, but my I'm on payment, like I'm on payment, like my like I'm like a regular. Yeah. No, no, no. It's to be clear, it's both your income. You get taxed less as profit than if you paid yourself through wages. Right. But both the money goes to you and his income towards whatever fucking financial right. shit you want to do. But you will be paying more money in government debt. You want to pay yourself the bare minimum. But you have to pay yourself a fair wage. You can't do stupid shit. I'm did, not a yeah. CPA, to be clear. But I'm just what saying. I do. That's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> like, where, that's where I am. That's what I do. That's where we're at now. But that you still want to pay yourself more in a salary? No. I want okay. less. Yeah, why? Because like, I'll just buy more inventory. Like, oh what? no, okay. Yeah, I thought you meant profit less and throw that profit into wages, not profit. Dude, less. Yeah, dude, okay. dude, dude, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Cool. Uh, my my yes, my wage. Same, yes, I buy fuck fuck profit. I'm paying myself. Yeah. I want to buy a shit ton of inventory till I don't. Then I that's when you just take a big hit one year for profit. You know what I mean? And taxes or something like that, and go buy it. This is this is the ultimate goal. I'm not a CPA. I said it like three times, but I'm not a financial advisor either. But once you can take all that money, take a shit ton out, buy your warehouse, yeah. and then have that as a separate company and start paying a shit ton of money towards your warehouse, and so now you have a property company, like an actual um uh prop like uh, a freaking I can't even think of the word right now um. You're a property uh, management company. Like you're just, a, you know what I mean? You're just, you just own a bunch of houses. I know a company in the, in right around me. This is one of the companies I first worked for. I won't drop their name. Um, cause I do, I do like them. Um, so they do that. They do that exactly that. They, she's the one that taught me like this when I first started. Um, 
and they pay all a shit ton in rent. So there's barely any cash or liquid assets in their rental business. Mm-hmm. And now there's, so now if they ever get sued, there's not that much liquid assets. All the trucks and stuff like that are, are actually owned by a corporation. And you know what I mean? So is the building and all that. And the, the, the rental company just actually rents all that stuff from that corporation like the actual vehicles and all that stuff. So it's a different holding company, but it's a real estate company. So it actually has uh, different tax benefits and all that. So this is where it gets fucking nuts though. Now you already own your warehouse. And now like you like, so you own your warehouse and there's all the shit ton of money in that company. You got to buy more houses. So you buy a house and you give your, your manager, you don't give them a raise. You give them a house that the company <laughs> pays for and you write it off. This is what they did. He gets paid $19 an hour, but he has a house and a truck that the company owns and it's, he has no assets to himself and can't really build himself up. And he's stuck there in that company because he's basically got handcuffs on him because he's got all his house is owned by the, why would he go anywhere else? But he doesn't own anything because he's not getting paid $25 an hour. It's, it's the craziest money move carnival thing I've seen in real life ever. Yeah, that's <laughs> you like yeah, you know what I mean? Do so you want to talk about talk about uh employees? I mean, it's just that's what, yeah, that's why I want to have the CPA episode basically. So, um, like I'll have to basically have a meeting before the meeting with Brian to make sure that uh everything we're going to talk about is kind of like vetted ahead of hand ahead of time, and then we can come on here and kind of clarify a lot of that stuff. Not that <clears throat> you know because. A lot of the audience of this show and then in general, my audience, skews new, right? So three units, five units, eight units, 12 units. And so a lot of the stuff we're talking about now is is not relevant because it's down the line stuff. But if you know, so, so this is why I like to talk about it, because if you know at least at all, like what Justin and I are talking about, now you've heard it to where when you do start to have success and scale the company and quit your job and you know need to invest and figure out how to pay yourself and blah, 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 you've now heard this conversation that will give you some insight on what the hell to maybe possibly go do or at least ask the accountant or the CPA. Whereas as I scaled, I had nothing right to go off of. Uh, because I'm fucking busy, dude, scaling a company. I'm not out there watching CPA podcasts and like listening to business shit. You know what I mean? I'm like working. And so the, and, and I made, right, to go back to the uh, whole emphasis of the show, I made a hiring mistake in hiring my original CPA. Uh, she sucked. She didn't protect me. She didn't educate me. She was not available. I couldn't reach her. And I got thoroughly screwed. Okay, because uh, I needed to make my company an S corp before I did, and she didn't protect me in that. And then she made she went ahead and made both my companies S corps. Which as I when I hired Brian, he was like, to have both these companies S corps is fucking asinine. Jump off, absolutely. Your Christmas light business, no. Here's why. Blah 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 blah. blah. But it's like now my shit's kind of a mess, right? And so uh, I got to file a tax return for my Christmas light business, a tax return for the jump off. And a tax return for Nick and Michelle. And so I got to pay to have three tax returns. Luckily, Brian's a G and he only charges me one because he knows she fucked it up and that's not that hard, blah, 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 blah. But it's like the moral of this whole story is 
being as you're prevalent to this conversation now, as you do have success, it kind of guides you a little bit to know, A, what's coming. Like you, you go from cute side hustle guy to fun entrepreneur to real businessman real fucking quick. Okay. And B, to know that you do need proper guidance along the way as you grow. So that's why I want to have Brian come on the show so we can almost like fake scale a business in the beginning. And he can, I can talk through it from an operation standpoint and he can talk through it from financial standpoint or, or, uh, uh, you know, accounting standpoint of what you should do, when you should do it, how you should do it, who you should call da, 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 da. because it's scary, dude, it's scary as fuck. So I hope that added some value to you guys. Like, I know me and Justin were talking about some weird shit about owning your warehouses and blah, 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 blah. But uh-huh. it's just, it, it's, it's a conversation that seems weird or seems out of place. However, um, you know, in this, and in, especially in this current uh, climate of this industry that we're all in, it's, I've never, ever, ever, and not that I've been in this industry that long, right? I got in 2019, but I've never, ever, ever seen the level of success from new operators like now. It's fucking insane, dude. I want to uh, uh, um, give lots of props to lots of people for causing that, which we all, like, there's a bunch of us that did. Um, but like in five years from now, the amount of big, well-ran, properly operated companies is going to be staggering, staggering. So a lot of the people that are watching this right now or listening right now are going to be those people that do it right because they have resources, uh, uh, our YouTube channels, this show, Jumpstart Program, blah, 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 where you can do it right and grow big and grow fast. Like, it's crazy. Uh, Something on Facebook said, anyone else have questions? Jay Brown. Jay Brown, anyone else have questions? Did you have a question, Jay? I would love more questions from the people. So put them in the chats. But if you have a question, holler, bro. Holler, Jay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, let's see. I'm going to kind of jump back to the original the original topic here and see. Uh, I had kind of some extra bonus tips that I was kind of hitting on. Or I wanted to hit on. Oh, here's another one. Okay, here's a good one. Okay, so we're going way back to interviews, okay? Woo! Take it all back to the beginning of the show. Interviews or the topic of the show. So how will you know if they're the right fit? How will you know? So there is kind of an altruistic version of this answer, which is like, you know, it's like, you know, when you know, it's like, how do you know when you're going to be in love? How do you know when she's the one? How do you know if this is the house you're going to buy? Like you do kind of just know. Okay. But uh, human beings are incredibly complex people. And so your gut can be wrong. Okay. And you know that from all the ex-boyfriends or girlfriends you've had in your life, okay? So what I like to do is marry those two things together. <clears throat> so your gut tells you, your heart tells you, your emotions tell you this person's the one. I want to build my company with this person. They're incredible, blah, 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 blah. Great, cool. You kind of fell in love emotionally. So then you also got to go then take it to logically. And so what I used to do back a long time ago before anybody ever taught me to do interviews and I just kind of winged it and like uh, was teaching myself. Um, I was subpar at best, but I would literally, and I do not remember what these things were, but I would literally rate them on a scale of one to five, I think, 
Um, and I just made up like a list of 10 things or five things or eight things or whatever it was. And I would rate them on that. And then what I would do back way, way back in the day is then I would set if, if I liked them, I would then set up another interview with my assistant manager. And I'd have my assistant manager rank them on the same things. We kind of compare notes. Okay. But the moral of that is that you'll know when they're the right fit when they scratch both itches, meaning on paper they score well. And in your emotions or or your gut, they score well. I've hired people where they score well on only one of those. I mean, God, how many fucking times? Meaning your gut knows something's wrong, but like on paper, like you can't, like I can't pass this person up. Like look at these answers. Like, but your gut's telling you something wrong. Okay, something's always wrong and it never works out. Okay, vice versa. Your gut's telling you this person is going to be amazing. I can think, I can think of the person in my head. I remember her vividly. Uh, and it was a, it was a gigantic hiring mistake that really, really, was uh didn't cause any like major 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 problems like that uh but it really almost undermined my ability to hire and promote and it was a mess um on paper it was no good but my gut was like i don't know dude like high integrity like i really like this person so so you got to marry the two together so how will you know when they're the right fit like your gut will know and then on paper you know they'll know like now now i have the uh the core values i actually literally the five core values and I rank them uh, on those. Uh, let's see. I think that's all of my, Oh no. One, one last, one last cool little life hack. Um, when you do a good job of making them tell you a story, you'll know when they're lying. It's very interesting to have a person tell you stories instantaneously when it's a lie you know right off the bat there's weird uh there's weird details that are missing the story doesn't like you on the spot just can't make up a fake story that that is believable like 99 of people like, yes there is the compulsive liar that that's what that guy does and he can do it but but most of the time all almost all of the time you can tell instantaneously it's a lie the other thing that's interesting about telling me a story is as they tell you the story, if once you, once you kind of do it a couple of times, you can pick out the pieces of the story that are alive, right? So overall, the story is kind of true, but then there's pieces in the story that they embellish or, or an issue came up that they'll kind of downplay and you can watch in their body language, how they react as they're telling the story. And it's very unnatural. They're the way they'll, tell the story at that section of the story you can you can catch them in a lie a lot it's really cool but i'm uh yeah i mean i'm I, i'm i'm hopeful you guys took some stuff out of the out of the interviewing one man i was messing around with uh i was on the entrepreneur reality show back in january um, it's supposed to have aired by now, but my season has not aired yet. So I'll, I'll blast it out whenever it airs and hopefully I get some FaceTime on it, but there was 70 something cast members. So we'll see. But anyway, there was a guy that I met there um, named Adam and he owns a company that does payment processing. He does credit card payment processing. And so, uh, and he's a startup. So he's like a tech startup basically. And so um, I had struck up a conversation with him because I'm like, yo, I need to, well, I, I got strong feelings about credit card processing, right? So we kind of strike up a conversation while we're on the show, but it's 
filming was crazy. We were just like 12, 13, 14 hour days. Uh, so we only had a brief period. So then I ended up having him on the YouTube channel. Um, and so we're going to talk about credit card processing and kind of being on the show and whatever. And then um, the whole conversation switches to core values. Like this whole crazy thing goes down where we, where we were talking about interviewing and core values and hiring. And um, it ended up being an amazing conversation. Um, but in that conversation, I told them, I'm like, uh, like I'm literally on my YouTube channel. It's, I, I say, you know, everybody knows me as the bounce house guy, but like I could fuck around real quick and be the team building guy and not the bounce house guy. Cause like, I'm that passionate about this stuff. Like the people part of the business is really, really like, I love business. Um, and it almost doesn't matter what business I have. Like I'm going to be obsessed with it. And then I did fall in love with the bounce house business as I kind of started one after my wife bought some. Right. So like those two things are great, but like the people side of it is just my absolute passion. So, so I hope everybody took something good out of the show tonight. And I'm looking forward to doing uh, some more of these too. So we're going to do four part series, four part series with team building series. It's going to be badass. Um, all right, let's see. Yeah, so no other questions from anybody. So that's that's all good. I'm 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 super pleased with how it turned out. Um, I do listen to these uh back tomorrow, so I'll listen to the whole show tomorrow. So I'm interested to listen to my own show tomorrow. Um, but if nobody else has any questions, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this fucker nice and early. But that being said, I'm gonna leave it super open door like i said uh at the end of my monologue there if you have a question to answer do not let me end the zoom if you have a question about hiring i have a question yeah what's up brother? um convicted felons do you guys hire them so historically my answer to that is no my answer to that is no um and i think that is the quick and easy answer is the answer my answer is going to be no now would I hire a felon, a convicted felon? Yeah, probably, bro. It's just one of those things where with that in the mix, um, you gotta, you gotta, right? How do I say this correctly? The, the payoff has gotta be worth it, right? Or the risk reward has gotta be worth it. Meaning uh, at some point in time in your life, you, you, committed a felony, right? And that's a serious offense and potentially poor decision-making, maybe I'm going to call it. So whatever you're bringing to the table now has just got to outweigh that. We all, like, dude, I did dumb shit as a teenager. I did dumb shit as my early 20s. I probably did some dumb shit in my 30s, right? Never, ever got convicted of anything, but, like, that doesn't mean I didn't do dumb shit, right? So um, it's, it's very situational, in my opinion, um, I was in the past a hard no. Um, I have I've kind of changed my my thinking on it a little bit to where it would be situational. But do you do you have a situation that that specifically comes up with that, or just in general? You're asking that. It was in general, but um, about a year ago, I used to work with a convicted felon that was convicted for murder. And really nice guy. Like I worked with him at my body shop. Really nice guy, whatever, whatever. He was convicted. He did his 20 years. And then 4th of July, I'm like, bro, Antoine, I'm going to hire you to help me because he's really strong. So 
But after talking to some of the operators, they're like, don't do it. Because you never know if he does something to hurt somebody or something, and then it falls back on me. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the risk, right? That's the risk versus reward. So it's like, I mean, if you like vouch, vouch, vouch for this dude, then, you know, do it. Uh, but you have that poor decision-making past, uh, and that's just kind of me sloppily calling it that, but uh, uh, kind of staring you in the face, telling you that at some point in time, something happened major, right? I mean, it's like murder's not like a small thing. You know, that that informs you at some point in time he was capable of that. Is he re- rehabilitated? Is he, you know, all, all of the things that could possibly happen. Uh, it's just, to me, it's just kind of like, um, let's see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and word this uh, correctly or politely, but it's just like, I don't, I'm just not in a situation where hiring a convicted felon to me is necessary. Like, it just needs to be the right situation, like the perfect situation, because that's a, sucks to say, right? I mean, I know they, they have a hard time getting work because of that shit, you know what I mean? But it's kind of like, I just don't want to risk that in my business. Like, it's just not for me to risk that. Nick, it's, um, it's funny you say that because I think of it in terms of, say, an unfavorable tenant. If I'm looking for a tenant, and yes, I could be nice and get this person with low credit score and, you know, they're trying to build it up and they have this kind of problem, that kind of problem. I could be nice and be like, sure, I'll give them a chance. But when I have all these like high quality candidates around that I could get, it's one of those things where it's like, why, why take the risk when I could just get these higher quality candidates where there's like no issues. Amazing. Yes. Amazing analogy. Uh, My mom and dad had two rental properties. Uh, My mom was going to get a whole bunch of rental properties and, and build this whole empire. Right. And so uh, she, they had the, this exact situation where they had the, an open house uh, they wanted rented and it was vacant. It'd been vacant for a month, right? So they had paid that mortgage that month and they were not stoked about it. They had some low uh, credit score people apply for it. They met with them, amazing. They were this and that, like just need a chance, just super, just amazing people and then screwed them over. And so, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, in that situation, it's like, you know, I understand, dude, like you have a 520 credit score because medical bills and this thing and this insurance bullshit and whatever. But it's like, dude, I'm sorry. Like if I play by the rules, nobody ever burns me. If I go outside the rules, like I get burned. So like, I'm just going to say no, because you got a 520 credit score. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Kevin, that's an amazing analogy, I think. Yeah, because you see all those people that took a chance on those type of people during the pandemic, and then they're like seven months with no rent. I'm like, nope, I am good. My my strategy has worked so far. I have not gone burnt. I'm going to keep to it. I mean, and, and you know. It's not foolproof, but it's less likely. Yeah, right, right. Um, I remember a long time ago, one of my bosses well, ha- uh, owned, how did this fucking thing go down? Owned a duplex or some shit? I don't remember how this whole thing went down but was selling and moving to a new thing, condo close to the airport because he traveled, right? He's a regional, so he traveled all the time. So he's getting this condo, didn't have to mow the lawn next to the airport. And then the, 
the sale of the other one fell through. His old one fell through, but he'd already bought his new place. So he decided he's going to rent out his old place. And uh, this was a long time ago. I remember being like, oh man, like that's, that's stressful. And like, I can't imagine doing that with my job, let alone your job. Da, 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 da. Um, and he said something that I thought was very, very interesting to me. Um, and his name was Tony. And Tony taught me, Tony taught me more stuff. I mean, I got mad respect for all the stuff Tony taught me. But he said, if you think about it, being a tenant or a landlord uh, is, is just a hiring decision. Which tenants do you want to hire? And you have the cheat code, which is like what you just said, the application and the credit score. Like, all I got to do is make good hiring decisions and I'll be just fine. I don't got to worry about anything. And I was like, and in that moment, I was kind of like, oh, damn, like it, that analogy turned you know, that, that particular business from something that was something that I'd never, ever, ever want to get into, into, Oh, a simple hiring decision. Like, Oh, and that, and then in that moment, I was like, shit, I should get some rental properties. I can hire. I know how to hire. I got, I can make good hiring decisions. Exactly. And it's funny when I, I talk to people that like I, first time home buyers, I, I always tell them in my opinion, get a rental property. That's just my opinion. At least get it for a year. You get a rental property out of the way at three and a half percent interest rate, especially with a lot of programs, you're golden. Then get yourself a single family. But every single time they're like, I don't want to deal with tenants. I don't want to deal with tenants. Or I don't want to get burned. And it's like, as long as you, like in your case, hire right or like do right, you're very, it's very unlikely you're going to get burned. Right. People don't just sit there uh, putting cement in your, you know, pipes and all that stuff. People don't do that when you, when you hire, right. Now, if you hire people off the streets, like, you know, my parents used to do where they had a bad experience owning a rental property, like, Hey, you want to, you want to rent and they don't pay. They get in fist fights with your parents. Like that's the type of people you're going to attract. If you just grab anyone off the street, but like yeah. you said, with hiring, you hire, right. You know, you should be golden. Yeah. It's, it goes back to what I was saying about desperation. Like, uh, like if I remember the story correctly, yeah, when my parents uh, uh, let those people rent the house that ended up burning them with the low credit scores, they were low key desperate. Like they, I know they had paid the mortgage for a month and it, it may have been more than a month um, to where they were just like, I just want somebody and these people were great, right? When you're desperate, like you overlook so many red flags because you just want to solve the problem and in turn, give yourself how many more fucking problems like it was way worse i promise it was way worse having those people in there you know what i mean they signed a 12-month lease and moved out at six months and flipped the bird and left the place a fucking wreck like oh we thought we signed a six month you know what i mean and they knew that like what are they gonna go to small claims over the you know no they just had to my parents had to go clean the place for days and days and days on end and i and i felt bad at that point in time because i told my mom like just let me come to, like, I don't even have to talk. Just let me sit next to you while you talk to these people that you want to rent to. Like, I'll, I'll know if they're bullshitters. Like, good at the shit. Uh, but I was, the the jump off was still very, very early. Like, I I may have had, like, an employer too, but, like, I was still doing everything. So, I was like, I, dude, I couldn't get away to go do that. And she still had a job too. So, she was doing it on the weekends. So, like, the, my weekends were shot. So, um, I, I really do wish I could have helped out more in that situation. But there was just no time. 
Well, if you ever get into it, feel free to reach out. I can tell you my like filtering ways. Yeah, I would. I would love that. Um, um, because it's gonna get. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to start like that. There's a point in a successful entrepreneur's life where you can only diversify into fucking like stocks and bonds, like so much to where it's like you have to diversify, dude, and it needs to go to real estate. Um, and, and you got to make the decision where you, whether you want to go residential or commercial and like, right. It all depends on how much money you have and how successful you are. Um, but with, with all intents and purposes, like, like I plan on being there, you know, eventually, I don't know when, but it's like, yeah, I want to, I want to have the hard decisions where it's like, we got to decide, you know, to go buy some weird fucking thing because, you know, so good those are all good problems to have years you guys hire um people that don't have a social like if they have an i-10 or they're not legally registered or whatnot how does or do you only hire if they have a social ask it one more time so if you have people that apply that are that don't have a social if they just have the i-10 do you hire that's uh, equivalent of a green card. I'm not totally sure what that means. Um, do you hire people that don't have a social? I guess would be my question. Uh, I've never been in that situation, so I don't have any expertise on it. I'm not. I'm not fully sure um would i hire like are you talking about an immigrant yeah um being in california there's a lot more of those um people out here than you probably have seen out there (laughs) yeah yeah we don't have yeah yeah louisiana is not uh louisiana is very diverse but not in anywhere there's immigrants not not nearly at all Uh, there there is some but like not like california i lived in california for five years so uh so so the way i would handle that is um i i mean you're in california so it's like i have to just leave with like, <laughs> don't do it you check. Have all that yeah stuff. just check don't in like so i i never weird. did it but i was with the work for a company that did and i yeah. can tell dude i was in a freaking box truck driving on a throughway and i had three illegal freaking cubans <laughs> in the back of my freaking box truck going to do this college job and the freaking wheel falls off the, the freaking truck like as i'm driving it i like it was a dually so i didn't even know i was riding on a freaking like rims um and stuff like that for like a quarter mile they're freaking banging on the freaking shit dude it was it was insane <laughs> it was absolutely insane and like like uh i ended up quitting after that shortly i was i was done oh half the crew didn't speak english um <laughs> so it's like no i'm in buffalo new york like it's just okay. like, it, was, it was just so it was ridiculous it was wild but yeah, no so, the, amount of, the amount of liability that you could have is just ridiculous yeah so that's that's what i would make sure so like uh uh let's just I'll, i'm gonna fake answer the question as like mm, there's no red tape or the red tape's all good right so mm-hmm. would i hire um an immigrant uh that doesn't have a social yet hell yes as long as all that red tape is, is removed. And, and I'm going to tell you why, and it has nothing to do with immigrants, but it kind of like is, is 
similar. It's related. It, it rhymes. Okay. So when mm -hmm. I, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, I left when I was 20 because I wanted to get the fuck out of Salt Lake City, Utah. And what I noticed as I bounced around the country uh, working for Journeys, right? So I worked for this shoe store and they moved me all over the country. But what I noticed was I, I tended to hire people that weren't from the place I was from. Like, so I lived in California and I'd hire a guy from Michigan. Like I'd interview this guy and love him and hire him. And like, um, there, it was true. It was true. One time said something about it. Like, do you notice that we, we always like the guys that are not the, the people that are not from here or whatever. And I was like, that's fucking weird. I really do. I really do hire people not from wherever I am. And like, I didn't love California. Uh, uh, I didn't, I definitely love South Dakota and South Dakota, like live practically in Idaho. I didn't like that there. Um, you know what I mean? I, I kind of like new Orleans, but like, I would, I would meet somebody that's from somewhere different and like instantly like them. Dude, it's fucking hard to move from where you're from. Like only a certain type of people have the fortitude to move away from where they're from. Go make new friends, you know, make a new life for themselves like it's just generally speaking this is totally my theory but that that's hard and so you go uh, uh have an applicant that has gone through all of that that has the fortitude to to press on through all of that i've always had badass luck with them you know what i mean so to leave your country to go somewhere that speaks an entire different language if i can uh safely hire that person to where and, and to be clear for me english would not have would, would have to be no issue like it has to be fluent english because because i'm so high touch and i'm such a people person like the customers have the customers are all i fucking think about right so they have to have great service and in order to have great service they have to have high communication so there has to be a high communication ability between the delivery driver running the crew and the client so that has to exist but but all that said hell yes i would um i just have no experience with any of the legalities of it all gotcha. are you in southern california central um we're the like the ag capital of the world pretty much we produce most of the world's food here so it's a lot of farming out here you know a lot of seasonal where are um, you? What city? I, I know California well. What city? Visalia. So I'm pretty oh, near yeah. Fresno. Everyone knows Fresno. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, I know right where you are. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a high Hispanic population probably as a clientele. Yeah. Yeah. So, so bilingual is like huge plus. Right. Because um, I, I mean, I remember, I remember being in California, especially on Sundays, right? Because it's family day. So, uh, if I hired somebody that spoke Spanish, like I would, like, I would be like, I, I need to let you know, like, I need you every Sunday, like every Sunday, I need you every Sunday, like every Sunday, like I understand this family that I need you every Sunday, like, come on. Right. So they could be on the floor and say, Hola and boom, the sales just explode from that. So it's like same thing where if you can have that bilingual uh, you know, that bilingual employee that can show up and say hola instead of hello and then ask where the bounce house goes in Spanish, like instantaneously, you're going to have better word of mouth, better reviews. Like I know exactly how that whole game works, man.
Like I'm yeah, fine learning Spanish right now. Like I was so fucking pissed at myself. I didn't know Spanish when I lived in California. Cause I'm like, dude, I know exactly that that one word, hola, like just opens the door. <laughs> and then immediately, like, right. Because they, you have to, you have to put yourself in their shoes. Like they left their country where they don't. Right. So if you speak mm-hmm. their language, it's huge. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's something that a few years in high school, but um, yeah, I'm like a special ed person if I try to speak it because I'm like so slow <laughs> to pause and really think about what I'm trying to say. But yeah, yeah like, I think it would be great having someone bilingual for sure. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm not good with Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I I can I can still sell shoes in Spanish. Like it's bad, <laughs> it's bad. But I had I had hired a kid a long time ago. Uh, I was like 20. I had a kid named Josh, and Josh was bilingual. Josh. And he's an amazing kid. I love Josh. So shout out to you, Josh, if you're back in Salt Lake, wherever the hell you are. Uh, I was friends with his mom, not friends with his mom, but like his mom would make tamales and bring him up to the store because she knew I love tamales. But uh, Josh taught me like conversational shoe selling Spanish, like one word, like I could say, you know, porquito. <laughs> I could say all the, right, the right words where I could like fumble my way through a shoe sale in Spanish. Uh, because I used to run a, I used to run a journey store that was like, I mean, it was it, the, the clientele at that store had to have been eighty five percent Spanish speaking only. Like yeah, can I jump in on this conversation? Uh, so this is Maurice. So I have the you know, Triple M Party Rentals, which is the outside business, and I have the inside business as well, which is the fun spot by Triple oh, yeah. M, right? Um, so we. Uh, Right now, I don't have any employees, but I do have contractors. Um, and I know some of you guys may joke with me about that, but um, <laughs> that's where we at right now. Uh, we're getting there. Uh, so, and one of my, uh, I guess, employee contractors, <laughs> um, she is Spanish. Uh, she is a documented, she, well, she has, she's first generation. Um, so she has a social security card, everything. Um, and she had, been doing wonders for my business um and then so she asked me she has a friend um can her friend come work um no her, her friend uh, um is undocumented but does ha- um doesn't have a social security card but um does have like the um uh her green card stuff like that so she does have documents in the united states um and so she's been working with me now for like four months and they've been blowing it up. I mean, and teaching me things that they do, you know, in their culture. Now, I, I'm from Washington, D.C., so we had a mixed culture bag here anyway. That's why I grew up with Spanish, you know, uh, Puerto Rican, and hosh posh, everybody, right? Um, but things that they do in their parties um, has actually helped me and my business and has grown my Spanish uh, customers. Um, and, and like you said, uh, Nick, um, you know, when there's a, a mom come up with those you know, she You got it? Yeah, you, we, we still lost you. Can't hear you. Oh, we lost. Can you hear us? Maurice, can you hear us? You're muted. See if I can, I can't, I don't know if I, yeah, yeah, unmute. Can you hear me? Yes, got now? You. Okay, so, I'm oh, sorry, had a call come in. 
Uh, so her, her mom, the, the, the parents from probably, you know, from the other country, uh, and the kids were born here. Well, the kids translate for the mom. So now my 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 worker, she talks to them in Spanish. And the transaction goes so much faster and quicker. Um, and so they're not at the desk waiting to fill out a, a waiver to get in. Uh, and, you know, the, the when you tell them a price, for some reason, they look at us a little different when it comes to, they think you're trying to get over it. But when yeah. it's something of their culture, and I understand it, right? Uh, when it's somebody of their culture and telling them, hey, this is what it is, and it's actually, you know, a legit price, they don't mind paying for it right then and there. Like, they just like, here. But if I come up, you know, and, and, and they love me now because I've actually catered to them. I've actually added stuff in there that they like, like foosball. They love foosball. So I've added a foosball game into my center. So I think we do different things like that to include the, um, to include other cultures will help our business. I don't be afraid of hiring somebody that's not in your culture. Everybody is different, right? So I've had people in my culture who who literally suck. I'm like, hey, okay, I shouldn't have hired you. Like, gotta get out now. Bye. You know, call security to get them out of here because <laughs> they, 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 they just there for some money and they're not doing any work. So I don't be afraid. Take chances. Um, everybody is different. You may get somebody who wants to work and you may get somebody who just wants to sit there and milk you um, and, and take all your money and not do anything. So that's that's what I think about it. But don't be afraid to step out there. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree where it's like, uh, right, everybody has, I mean, you know, I moved from from very, very Caucasian places, right? And I was in like little Richville of, of where I lived in California. So it was predominantly uh, Caucasian. Then I moved to New Orleans, right? Having grown up in Salt Lake City. And so it was culture shock to a degree for me, but I, I really like people. I really, I, I really, really like people. So, but, but it took me a minute to kind of understand uh, the African-American culture down here, like the Southern, like it was just something I'd never been around. But then once I got it, I realized really quickly, like there's certain, there were certain cities where I could step on the sales floor and I could greet a customer and they didn't want to talk to me. And then my employee greets a customer and it's like a five pair sale. You know what I mean? But because it's exactly what you're talking about. It's just like that people like people like their own people, man. And so the more diverse you can be, uh, uh, the more you can. Just just learning know. holidays, like talking to a Spanish, like a Spanish couple of people, they're, they're talking about their, their teenage daughter, but like, oh, is it a quinceanera? Just saying that word, like, oh, you know our culture, you you know us, like, oh, like, oh, like, happy Eid, because you have a whole bunch of Muslim people freaking ordering for their twenty kids. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Just all you gotta do is say it's all all at the same time, and you just say a happy Eid because it's their holiday. Now you're respecting their culture, knowing these things. Um, there's an oh, what the what the heck is? There's a Jewish one that's a really big one too. Uh, I can't think of it. It's her, it's her Halloween. Huh? Oh, yeah. There, there is bar mitzvahs, but there's there's a ho- Jewish, they're Halloween. It's not really Halloween, but I can't think of what it's called. Um, looking up right now. But that's a really big one. If you actually, like, you know what I mean? Do market to different, because you're like, you, everybody talks about ch- churches, but 
who here goes towards mosques? There's a shit ton of mosques in, in New York and stuff where I'm at, like, like in, in, in temples and all that stuff. Like, I, you know, it's just you gotta speak the language and, you know, you understand the culture. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a, a big on hiring diverse, uh, but I'm also big on hiring the right person for the job. And what I mean by that, I'm gonna tell a funny story about that. So back in the day, this is whatever it is, probably 10 years ago, eight years ago, um, I would come home and tell my wife stories, like work stories, like here's what I did today, here's what I was talking to today, or it never gets to happen to fucking like Charles, whatever. And one day she like interrupts me. She's like, is, am I crazy? Or do you only hire lesbians to like be your store managers? I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, no, no, no. run me down like your store managers. And I'm like, and I start naming them and, she, and I'm like, wow, I, I, yeah, I really do. She's like, dude, like, like lesbians? Like, what's the deal? Like, what's the, I'm like, dude, I just hire the fucking right person for the job. Like, I don't, I, I literally don't give a shit. And so, but ever since then, ever since then, like I had like, right. Cause she put it in my conscience. So I would, uh, uh, uh watch it ebb and flow and go, uh, heavy women dominated crew i'd have heavy men dominated crew i'd have and then it would swing like rather all of a sudden be like five lesbian store manager and then it would slowly change and then there was one year uh at the sales meeting um, so to the sales meeting uh, the, the managers that win the awards get to go and so uh we're up taking like a picture at this party we're at this vans van sponsor party we're taking this picture and my buddy California he's like bro that's crazy like you're the only white guy here from your district I'm like what? he's like literally you're the only white person from your district I'm like and I looked around I'm like oh my god that's I didn't even fucking notice like you, <laughs> it just kind of fucking ebbs and flows like the culture like we were talking about earlier like the culture kind of moves like kind of moves uh but but like not to be lame and take it back to the uh, 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 subject of the show, but like you go do a good interview and hire the right person for the job. Like it doesn't matter. Friends will emerge as they emerge. But like I don't care who I hire uh, from any sort of standpoint from gender, race, religion, whatever. I'm hiring those core values, dude. Those core values are, are everything. And the rest it kind of ebbs and flows as as we go and it's it's interesting to see uh, hey i got an off question sorry guys yeah go ahead Bruce. How, how much did you guys run out your concession supplies for like popcorn and, and um cotton candy <laughs> that's, a, that's a justin question i don't i don't have any of those I so I rent all my sh machines out for a hundred bucks, and I give them enough servings for fifty, and then I do additional servings for twenty five. Um, but it's weird because if you book through the website, it does that naturally. Sometimes what I also have it in my system where it like costs like twenty dollars per item. So if you want to just book like actually just pay for like fifty cones or something like that, it costs you like twenty dollars and. Um, I do it that way as well, because sometimes people just come in there just for the concession machines. So, like, when you do that, you they add a bunch to their cart and actually actually ends up being a little bit more. So, um, I've had that 
happen a lot because they don't read that it comes with it. And they just get a whole bunch of extra stuff. And then sometimes they give it back. Sometimes they don't. I don't really care because I'm I'm just trying to make money. Right. Makes sense. Got it. So at least, okay. So the popcorn, cotton candy, at least, at least $100. Uh, and then if you so supplies, extra 50 well, it comes with no. It comes with fifty servings. It comes with fifty servings for hundred. Okay. And then twenty twenty uh, each twenty dollars could give you like twenty five servings. Gotcha. Okay. And it all depends which one it is. But like the cotton candy machine, it's actually a little bit more because those only come in servings of fifty. Okay. But I can do I can do servings of twenty five with the other ones. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. Okay. And then pro pro tip. Have all your shit pre-bagged in, in like in 25s. So all you gotta do is just grab and go, and nobody's counting with their grubby little fingers on your on your bags and cones, and they get them all dirty. No, that, <laughs> that makes absolutely sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. I'm gonna see if I can answer some older questions, but I want to make sure there everybody's that asked them is still here. So let's see. Just bounce. Yes. Okay. Year two, started three units. Now we have 12 with tables and chairs and yard games. We're playing ourselves. We have five grand left to pay on the credit card. Um, so my answer to that will be pay the freaking credit card before you basically do anything. Because I'm assuming you have another job already because there's no way you're living off of not paying yourself for the bounce house business. So I'm sure you have jobs. So I'm going to assume that. So pay pay the credit card down completely before you take any money from the business, for sure. And then if yeah. you don't hate your job or jobs as a couple, if there's two of you, then I yeah. would can keep investing in the business and keep paying yourself zero while you don't need it. Um, it can only go on for – I'm going to give you two pieces of advice on this. Number one, it can only go on for so long – so don't do it for too long. And number two, don't tell any war stories about it because nobody gives a fuck. Uh, that, that, <laughs> the entrepreneur, it is. It's the entrepreneur mistake where you're like, I don't like to take a thought. Like nobody fucking cares. Okay. Most people did that. And we, we all did it, right? Uh, 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 we all thought we were the holy God's gift to entrepreneurship. Just like, like I'm, I'm, I'm giving you that advice out of mistake. Um, the only time that it, that that piece of your narrative matters is if you're mega successful and start wow. other businesses and have a five million dollar exit in some app you start. Like th that's the only time that that whole fucking story matters. Like just don't worry about it. Don't talk about it. Don't don't just don't worry about it. Um, but that being said. Just you, you need to know uh, what your goals are. Like, do you want to make a nice little nest egg uh, business that can pay for your daughter's college tuition and that's it? Cool. Just like never pay yourself because you're going to pay the college tuition. Do you want to take over the entire universe like me? Uh, absolutely. Cool. That means you need to scale the shit out of it. So the longer you can hold your breath at your shitty job, to go back into inventory so you can scale and grow the better so it's it's a very situational um answer do you want to add any context to it yeah i just uh so right now i'm a manager dispatch manager so i'm trying to get it to where to where i can work I'm, i want to work both of them 
but I want to be less hands-on. You know, right now it's just me, and then I have like a little nephew that I take with me when I get seven, seven or more rentals. But like I could do six by myself, but I want to get like less hands-on. So I'm trying to. It's a slippery, less hands-on is a slippery slope. Um, so I, um, how do I tell the story briefly? I was going to be a real estate agent. Long story short. And so the, the jump off started to scale uh, in 2020 because I had done the right things, you know, marketing wise and customer wise, whatever. And I had hired the right guy. And so I was going to pass basically everything off to him. He was going to stay kind of like, Cute little side hustle size while I went to go off to go be a real estate agent. Well, turns out I don't really like the majority of real estate agents. And as a real estate agent, all you do is deal with real estate agents. So that didn't work out very well, right? So then I came back in the business. Um, so I had to kind of kick him out because I made him a lot of money. Because so I was going to do what you're talking about. It's way harder than you think to scale a business without you being hands-on because you're the magic that makes it happen. Like you, you're what makes it go and what makes it grow. And, uh, unless your nephew is like, you know, specially gifted as an entrepreneur, then you need to hang on to him and you're doing the right thing. But that's kind of a rarity. It's, it's just it's hard to do, man. It's really hard to do. That's why I like. That's why I like this. Uh, this video, the seminar you did today about hiring folks. Cause I, I want to, cause he 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 can't drive a truck with the with the uh trailer on it yet. And I'm like, I need to find somebody that can drive a trailer and go out here and do all these things. And then like, I mean, it's just like the profits are really far away. Yourself is really far away. When you start factoring in a driver and the commercial insurance to cover, like it's it's hard to do it that way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, Maurice, your mic's cutting in and out. Oh, thank you. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Yeah, roll. You see those pictures? I dropped the new Sun Fun inflatable. Oh no! I got some drone shots in there too. Uh, I feel like I should have got the fucking double in, bro. I uh, I'll talk to you after. All right. <laughs> um, all right. It's, it's solid, but there's there's uh, I caught I caught some mistakes in the manufacturer, and they're gonna be fixing some stuff. So interesting. Yes, we'd love yeah. to have an off-camera comment. Yeah, you're gonna call me tomorrow. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question from Donovan. I know Donovan, you're in here too. So six units. I want to invest in smaller units to make money, such as popcorn, movie theater tables, chairs, et cetera. What do you suggest I get first? So my answer is going to be fucking weird on this. Tables, chairs, leave it alone. Uh, the reason I say that is because, in my opinion, the explanation that Justin gave to Maurice about the cups and the blah, all that you charge, like it, ugh, that to me wears me out. Like I'd rather just invest in another inflatable that I know I can predict how much money it's going to make. And then tables and chairs, uh, they, they do not make me very much money. However, they're super easy and almost zero maintenance. So I like to add those. That's my two cents. There's a lot of people that tell me I'm missing out on uh, driving my ticket size up because I don't have the add-ons of concessions. 
Uh, but I but I prefer the speed and simplicity over the add-ons. But I've always been that way. I uh, I like that you get schools from that stuff. I drop those things off at call centers all the time. Drop all kinds of like just concession machines at a call center. There you go. <clears throat> you can actually do a bunch of games at call centers too. It's definitely like that's something that I don't hear anybody talk about. It's like renting to call centers. Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, um, I don't want to call it niche, but it's kind of like if you're, if you're doing backyard, um, the concessions just come with, with, with a headache that I would rather avoid and be, right? I'd rather my average ticket be 330 than 350, but we do that 330 with like ease and like, like to, to, to just kind of be fully transparent here, my guys, like, love what they do. They, like, tell jokes. It's mostly Trevor that says this, but but they, like, tell jokes that they don't even work. Like, they're, they're like, bro, we just get to, like, fucking hang out with you at the warehouse and, like, you pay us a bunch of money. But, like, by the way, we got to go, like, clean a thing and then a slide's got to go out today. And, like, we're done work by 12, right? Every truck has a fucking motorized dolly, though. Like, right? So it's, like, the situation is not normal but like the guys send pictures talking shit and or prideful pictures excuse me of their great rolled water slides they you know what i mean like just stick to inflatables and it's like all fun and games and and um and i can manage it properly from a personnel standpoint to make it grow grow just just like it won't stop I just feel like um, this is going to be a weird analogy, but it's the same reason I don't, I don't want to meditate. Like I'm already fucking happy <laughs> and I'm already fucking like I'm locked in, dude. I don't want to fuck it up. Like I'm not saying that meditation wouldn't amplify my shit. Cause it might totally might, but like, I'm good and I'm happy. Like I don't want to fuck it up. Like I'm just going to like continue not meditating. And like, we're going to go with that. Like I'm just going to continue not having concessions Hey, we're just gonna go with that. Like, could be a huge mistake. I don't fucking know. I, if you're gonna ever do it, you should do it the way I do it. I, I have one popcorn machine, I have one cotton candy machine, and I have five snow cone machines. Cause like you can literally, it's so easy to clean. You can throw it. I literally like, like so I dropped in the group because they're like there was a big debate. Like, oh, I spent a thousand. Why spend a thousand dollars on a gold medal 1888 i'm like okay first of all you should only spend like 600 bucks maybe seven if that and then they're like because the other one's four and i'm like well i can drop this one off the build off a building and then there's like two people and then it will still work and then they're like there's like two or three people are like okay well what what does that statement mean like what <laughs> you know what i mean and i was like and then like the one person is like prove it so i show i put the video in the comments of a dude going all the way up like you know what I mean? Uh, 20 feet in a forklift and then dropping it off and then freaking like using it beforehand, dropping it off and using it after. Jeez. So there you go. That's why I buy gold metal 1888s. And it's just, you just hose them down. The syrups, you know, it's literally all you have to do is have a bunch, one time when you have your cups in, put them all in little bags of uh, freaking 25. You grab the little bag and a little syrup, it's going to go. That's it. They don't, there's no freaking other tools and stuff like that. You freaking rinse that shit off real quick. Hundred bucks, 
freaking bunch of people love that shit. But that, and it also adds to my package system. So that's another reason why I do it. But I only do packages with my concession machines with the snow cones. So I can raise that tech ticket price. And that's what I mean by like, like if you're go- like, if you're going to uncomplicate it, like that's how I, like, I, I agree with you. I fucking hate concession machines sometimes. But like, that's why I have one cotton candy machine, one cotton candy machine, and one snow cone machine, or one, and one, uh, uh, popcorn machine. That's it. Like, I'm contemplating getting a second cotton candy machine because it's not as bad as, as, like, a popcorn. I h
Oh, no, I was saying you stack it. You stack 50, right? You know, like well, I, I buy chairs, dollies from uh, Clayton Mover Supply, and I stack them 50 high on those on those so i move them in and out of my trucks and and through buildings and all that perfectly and, and basically um it can go through it's, it's just 50s the perfect manageable stack any more high it's a little bit more heavier than it needs to be anywhere lower like it can always be lower but it's not just you know what i mean the ma the max is 50 the real max is 60 but you don't want to do that shit just do 50 it's easier to count. Oh, two stacks are a hundred. You know what I mean? It's stacks of stacks of fifty. But then white padded chairs only go in twenty five because they're thicker. Yeah, I was gonna say either, you know, give them two extra or just what? only do forty eight. Either give them two extra or only do forty eight stacks. Well, if I give them two extra, it makes my packages go up in value too, and it's two fucking chairs, so I don't really care. I think I might do that. So now they're getting. Now they're getting. Instead of thirty-two dollars, they're getting thirty-eight dollars off. Yeah, I mean the difference is minimal, bro. Like, it's, but but it's also I don't know if I want to change it because it's because then what do I do in the situation of like do I just keep my other ones where it's all different? Maybe that package I changed to fifty, but I have a pack. My other package is is eight tables and sixty-four chairs. So it doesn't <laughs> save me there. It doesn't really save me there at all. Like, so it's like also you know what I mean. <clears throat> slippery slope oh no um, dude I, I bust out packages like crazy and then i have a package for a 25 and this is the craziest thing the packages shit works and i love tiered pricing and and doing things like this because it's just okay if, like a lot of people this is the real name of the game just have people who hit your site you look professional and book with you right then and there boom don't even have to look at anybody else so you don't know what the fuck prices are so when they see that a tent is $3.99 and then a 20 by 30 is $4.99, they don't really know that everywhere else it's only a $25 increase. Or or my 20 by 40 is, is $5.99. Or everybody else is booked out around here. So they're like, no matter what, they're like, yeah, like there's no tents in Buffalo. Like I need to double up on my inventory. There's tent companies going out. It's fucking insane. Like I could just, if I wanted to really just focus on a tent company, I could probably be like killing it even more in the bounce houses, to be honest with you. <laughs> like it's, from it's, what I hear, happier too. Everybody says you're happier. Uh, but hey, so Jacob and Erica said that uh, their dog and their son made them miss your tips on how you do your snow cone machine. So can you re up on? how you do your snow cone machine so my snow so when i do my snow cone machine i rent it out for 100 bucks and then i give them two flavors because each flavor comes with like 25 servings and i give them 50 cups and i have a bunch of bags of 25 cups in my warehouse and then a bunch of those bottles they're all 25 servings and for initial additional 20 bucks i sell you the cups in the bag um and then I also on my website have it so it's it's you buy those bags individually for twenty dollars because when people are just shopping for concession machines, they basically hit it that way and they'll actually spend more money. Um, they don't see it on the back end, so it's 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 a uh, way you can set it up. But your system, Boom, but that's baby. how I do my cotton. And then I I also add them to all my packages, so like I have a lot of snow cones going in there because those are the easiest to clean. And they're like pretty much indestructible. Cool. All right. 
There we go. All right. Other uh, questions on hiring, or I guess we're this late in the show, like miscellaneous weird shit. When are we going to start talking about firing? That one of them is that one of the other four? No, I guess we should do five. I did four though because um, that takes us up to Fourth of July, and then uh, my ass goes on vacation. God, is that close? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This exactly. this year is flying by, man. Yeah. The, oh, so then, post post Fourth of July, I go on three vacations, uh, and I'll be back from vacation three. I think on August fourth. Like it's like July post Fourth of July is bye bye time. I feel I'll like be- you want to find somebody that's like in your rental business. You want to find somebody that actually has the mentality. There's people that are forgetful. Forgetful people in this business suck. Oh, yeah. Like, but my manager, he's, like, on point. He reminds me shit that I forget all the time. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, this. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. I literally, he reminded me today that this popcorn machine goes out this weekend and I don't have popcorn. And I didn't do it still. But I remembered because he reminded me. I don't remember me not remembering. I remember him reminding me. (laughs) Like... Yeah, like he's on he's on like I love I love that shit. Yeah, once you hire the right people, like like it like it takes one. Like you hire the right one, like your life changes to such a degree from having idiots to having one right one where you're like, why could they all be like this, right? But uh this is okay, this is gonna be my closing statement. Let me have my closing statement. Um Donovan, where do you snow cone machine? Oh, Justin, where'd you buy your snow cone machine? Gold metal, but you can find a dealer by you and get them cheaper. Don't buy from Gold Metal Direct because it'll gold be more metal. expensive. Unless you're buying at the trade shows, they sell them for like 500 bucks at like trade shows. Okay, boom. There you go, Donovan. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to close the show out. Here's my closing. Well, go ahead, Kevin. What? I was going to say, where are you getting those snow kings for 500? At trade shows. I got like I got my Apple and and stuff like that. But I think they they're they're probably up to like 550, 600 at trade shows now, maybe 550. But I, I remember there I think it was buy two and you know they're getting for five hundred bucks was the last Kings are the blue ones, right? Yep. Yeah. I got mine for six hundred at Sam's. Yeah, you can get them for like yeah, you can get them cheap from like online and stuff like six too. Um uh, a dealer, a dealer could have them too. Honestly, like sometimes it all depends. You should make you should make friends with your dealer because they'll sell you all the freaking the shit too. It sucks because the dealer here in Buffalo got bought out, um, or like basically they were done and sold out. So they sold out to this other candy place over here, and like they're just like freaking like like freaking price Nazis, and they just like do full markup. Re- like they sell what gold metal sells it for. And that's and that's it. They don't do any price negotiations or anything like that. And then it's like I, I won't even buy sugar for them. So I actually save money buying all my supplies from an hour over in Rochester and having it shipped than actually buying local now. So well, my local is like two and a half hours away. It's not really local. For your dealer, for your rep. <sighs> Yeah, so I would get yeah, six hundred bucks online. You could find them. I would fucking do it now. Cause some I know for a fact if you could even find one this time of year. It's kind of one of those seasonal things. 
Like where it's like, you know what I mean? They only have so much for like the beginning of the season and they don't really bother <laughs> shit more of them because they, they, you know what I mean? They'll just be sitting on stock. I wonder what my employees would say if I. Yeah, because I'm afraid they're going to run out. But sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. I was just wondering what my employees would say if I was like, yeah, we're good. We got a snow cone machine. We're going to fucking push it hard. They'd be, I feel like they'd be pissed at me. Nick's definitely getting one this week. <laughs> just to spite them. <clears throat> All right. Anyway, so um, yeah. So the, all right, here we go. I'm gonna close the show out. This is an amazing episode. I love talking about interviewing and team building and hiring and everything. So I'm gonna close the show out like this. So your life as an entrepreneur who does everything themselves is super hard, dude. Like it's super hard. Like it sucks. It's great. Like it's blissful. It's fun because like you're building something and it's amazing. But you can only go for so long. Your life as an entrepreneur that hired a bonehead, I promise you, is a thousand times worse. Your life as an entrepreneur with hiring somebody who's good, you just can't even explain it. Like Justin was just talking about, they remind you of shit. They keep you on point. Like you have so much going on. You have got to make sure that the people you're bringing on bring value to you and to the company, not the other way around. The only way to do that, in my opinion, and I've been doing this a long time and I've done it a bazillion times, is the interview. The only way to do it is the interview. So please take some time to get yourself better interviews. And there we go. There we go. Not a very big closing rant, but there we go. That's it. So for everybody watching at home, don't hit, don't hit subscribe and uh, 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 be shy about it, all right? Everybody else that's live right now, you guys are awesome. Thank you guys for coming. That was a good show. Love it. There we go. Everybody, peace out. Good night. Peace. Later. Thanks, Nick.